I've done all I can. I've done all I can do in this world. All right. Well, if you can also start the show, that'd be good. What? Do I have to do everything? everyone and welcome to fucking sneaky dragon my name is david fucking dedrick darn toot and rasputin my name's ian boothby uh i know i started off a little strong there, there was a lot of cussing there was a lot of cussing well, and yeah, are we not you don't uh, normally hear that cussing enough on the show i or? i was contacted by the podcast authority over okay. last week's show which was apparently the pod too, pod too clean yeah too clean and no caffeine and <laughs> too clean and and not and we were, we were going to lose our explicit rating. Okay. And so I thought I'd just lay it in strong when we started the show. Okay. Because as you know, last week's show went through a special uh, treatment, which is pretty unusual for most podcasts, I think. All right. And that is that I put my clothes in the wash. I forgot to take my SD card out of my pants. Right. And I thus washed the show for about 40 minutes. Yeah. And then... Because all the guys at work were saying through the day, <laughs> keep it in your pants, Dedrick. Keep it in your pants, Dedrick. And you so... Took that to heart. Yeah, I really did. And uh, yeah, it was the next day. Mm-hmm. I Fortunately, I fortunately I didn't uh, put... No, I did put my clothes in the dryer. But I put my clothes in the dryer that night. Mm-hmm. So I fell asleep. Woke up about two in the morning. Put my clothes in the dryer because I wanted to wear my Spark shirt for... Um, Van Calf. For Van Calf. And then... It was that the next morning that I had that terrifying, you know, that little realization mm. when you're just walking along and your your whole body kind of goes, Whoa, oh, wait a second. And I just thought, I had the SD card in my pants. Right. You look over and you see your laundry in the uh, in the baby's crib. And you're like, well, where's the baby? <laughs> and then you run to the, the dryer. <laughs> and the baby's very dry and fuzzy. Yeah. And the baby, yeah, you dried the baby off. Well, that's how you get the lint off your babies. That's right. Yeah. Best way, just put them through a quick cycle. Ugh, in the, nothing in the worse dryer. than a linty baby. Nothing worse than a linty baby. <laughs> so, yeah, so I ran downstairs to the washing machine and I found part of the, like, because my SD card is one of those ones with the micro SD card that slides into like a little right. larger carrier one that's for the, the normal size SD card. Yep. So I found that part, but not the micro part. So I had to like look around and sort of feel underneath the that center spindle inside the. Yeah, the, and then I found it there, Oy. and so I, I kind of blew them off, right? And then I put them together. Using then old I, Nintendo technology. Then I was very nervously went outside and yeah. put that into the computer, and then a miracle. There, it was all everything was fine. I washed the whole show, but like I said, it was apparently too clean after that, and uh, so so dirty it up. I dirtied it up a little Good bit. Good stuff. Today. I like it. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty exciting, though. It's one of those sort of moments where you're yeah. grading it. It's the third time that I have I have done some done dirty to an SD card, and it's always come through for me. I did that to a passport and realized it five minutes in, and uh, it was too late. It was too late. It, it was, was destroyed. Uh, yeah. It was messed up enough. And you think like you could like bring it down to the passport office and go, could I just get another one? And uh, oh no, you got to go through every hoop <laughs> in the world, and you get a real good scolding too. Is that right? Yeah, like it's weird to get a scolding from anybody yeah like as uh, once you once you pass 50 mm-hmm. scoldings have gone away i get it a lot but okay do you get scolded i do by like uh like you go to a store and they'd scold you yeah or yeah generally. they would yeah oh my gosh yeah. i think i attract scolding all right it's very yeah. strange to me like to to go and get scolded <laughs> sure uh in public 
Uh, but yeah, I got scolded and it was like, oh, you got to not do that. Yeah, no shit. Like it was like, clearly <laughs> this was an error. Yeah. Things happen. Life happens. Yeah. You know, people accidentally walk in front of cars. Things happen, you know, sure. and the mistakes. We all have mistakes. If I looked into your past, you'd have mistakes. But like uh, my so past, anyone's past. Okay. I would say a life uh, without mistakes is not a life lived. That's what I say. Yeah. Perhaps you have a butler, I've... and your butler would never do it. <laughs> you know, but uh, I wash my own clothes. Yeah. Thank you kindly, sir. I've overlived my life then. Oh, I'm have saying. you? Yeah. Right. I've really lived it. It's good to have mistakes. But uh, this one was bad, and it made me have to, like, ugh, just so it, many hoops. It seems weird that so they would school you. Like, I lost my passport one time. Right. That I can understand being scolded for. Like, they were not happy that I lost my passport. And I think because, you know, there are people out there that quote-unquote, lose their passport, you know, i.e. they sell it. And then they, right. go, they go in and they say, oh, I lost my passport. And then, you know, they're, then they're suspicious. So they're very suspicious. In fact, they wrote in my replacement passport. Suspicious. That it, yeah, it was a replacement passport. Mm. And they said, if I lost it again, uh, I could face a penalty. It was un- undescribed. I don't know what it was. Spanking? Well, some people More like than that. a scolding. The other thing I get scolded for related to passports is I I've never got my social security number as an American. I don't I do I am unnumbered. I am not a number, I'm a human being. Yeah. And every time I go to get a passport, they always ask me, you know, don't you have your cuz I don't I leave that part blank and they always say, "Well, what's your don't you have a social security number?" and I'm, I'm like, "No, I don't." They say, "Well, you have to get one. You can't get a passport." Blah blah blah, and they get really upset. And, yeah, yeah. And it's like, all right, isn't it just to pay taxes? And, and I, I've never worked in the states. Doesn't matter. And I don't. I don't. I'm not going to pay taxes. You will. <laughs> Trump. Trump fucked it up. Yeah, you will. You will. You got to pay taxes. That's the. That's mm. the problem. My wife was my a name. similar situation. She never paid taxes yeah. in the States for because she worked here in Canada. Yeah. And then uh, as soon as Trump went in, he changed things. Oh. And so we ended up like having to pay American taxes for uh, till now. Yeah, we worked some stuff out so that I think we, we've, uh, we've gotten out of it. But uh, there was a couple of years there for sure that we had to pay oh. uh, taxes. I, I avoided that. No, I don't know how no, I avoided. No, you it. haven't. I don't know how I no, avoided you, having no, to pay. No, what you there's a okay, there's t- okay. There's avoidance and then there's delay. <laughs> I have po- I suppose I've delayed it. I'll You've delayed to, uh, it. That's yeah. what that's what's occurred. That's what I'm going to I'm not I don't it doesn't them. bring me any joy to tell you that. Uh but I'm <laughs> You're only smiling. No, I'm not. I'm I'm grimacing because uh it's annoying and it's uh it is literally taxation without representation. <laughs> You get to, uh, you know, unless, unless of course, you, uh, you know, maybe you vote in the States. Do you yeah. vote? No. Well, yeah, then literally you'll be paying for nothing. You yeah. will have, you will have taxation without representation, which is one of the reasons yeah. uh, that America went, we got to be America. And it's like, um, okay, well, no. Well, that's why I regularly go down and just kind of throw tea into the ditch between sure. the States and Canada. But that you're admitting it on your podcast is interesting. It's an interesting <laughs> choice. <laughs> Well, it's something I, I I admit I have to I have to take uh, some steps to 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 do something with. True. Fix I, it. I'm gonna get I'm gonna do a little uh, uh, quizzy trivia thing as I always do at okay. the beginning of the shows okay. now. But let me just say one thing. No. Related to the states. Related no. to the states. Okay. Go ahead. Or going to because this is another SD card thing. It was one time I I went down to get my passport uh, taken care of, and I had the SD card in my wallet, which I didn't really think about for the show. Had the show on it. 
because I had recorded on Thursday, went on Friday, still had the SD card in my wallet, and then went through the x-ray, and it entirely erased the SD card. Oh. There was nothing left on it at all. And uh, of course, I was surprised by this on Saturday morning when I went to do the show. Oh, yikes, yikes. And fortunately, I was able to use a recovery program to find it, you know, in the whatever. I don't know how these things work, yeah. but it was there still. That seems like a lot of old uh, Superman stories. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, someone takes a picture of Superman as Clark Kent. Yeah. And like, haha, I've got it. And now I'm going to go through this x ray machine. And then, oh no, my film. <laughs> Wouldn't, couldn't, doesn't my he? My film. Doesn't Superman have x ray vision? Now, Okay. okay. It's dodgy. It's dodgy whether or not his X-ray vision, mm-hmm. his actual X-rays. I see. Because X-rays would be radiation. Yeah. And there was a thing for a while where uh, he used his X-ray vision as heat vision because the X-rays could heat up to the point where they could be hot. And so it was the same thing as his heat vision. Mm. Uh, but like actually radiating people, not great. <laughs> so they made it like, it. yes, he can see through things. Yeah. And he calls it X-rays, but they're not X-rays. They're not so X-rays, they're not going to okay. mess up your sure. film. Uh, but I think in the past they have done it where it was X-rays and they messed up the film. Okay. Okay. So All right. uh, so you're you're you have a quiz. I'm sorry. You have yeah, a quiz? just a little thing. I was I'm drinking a ch- uh, um, a uh, cherry Pepsi. Yes. Not a wild cherry Pepsi. That would be in the states, and we are in uh, Canada, which is why I'm not paying taxes. We have a like, mild cherry Pepsi. Yeah. So anyway, um, I was looking at like when when Pepsi was in Wild Cherry Pepsi was invented, and mm-hmm. that was in '88. And okay. I remember when it came out because I was in college and very much enjoyed it. And it came out as a replacement for Cherry Cola Slice. That was what Pepsi had. It was like they it was like uh, sodas that had juice, like ten percent juice. In I it. see. I see. So they had cherry juice, and it was Cherry Cola Slice. Okay. Um, but here's my trivia question for you. Okay. Uh, ch- they have cherry Pepsi as uh, you know uh, diet regular, and yeah, alongside the beverages, there's a version of Pepsi available, but in a non-edible form. What is that? They sell uh, cherry Pepsi, yeah, but in a form, yeah, that uh, don't eat it, don't oh. drink it. Oh, really? Yeah, but they sell it, and it's available. What what is it that uh, Pepsi sells? But it, but it is cherry Pepsi. It's cherry Pepsi. But you can't drink it. No. That, how is it cherry Pepsi? Mmm. It is. <laughs> so, uh, so but they sell it, it in another form that is not uh, food or drink. Really? Yes. But it is a form they sell it in. Yeah. You can get it in a store. Yeah. Buy it. But you can't you can't turn that into cherry Pepsi. N- no, you couldn't. Okay. Because it already is. But it is cherry Pepsi. Well, that's what they call it. <laughs> it's just not cherry Pepsi you can drink or, yeah. or eat. Huh. Oh, this well, you is could. A, it's a stumper. But you shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Much like you could, like, eat an eraser. Yeah. You shouldn't. Sure. But you could. Why not? But don't. Well. All right. So what, what is this thing that they, uh, that they sell, that Pepsi sells? That is what, cherry what Pepsi. what form is it? Yes. It is in the form, is it an umbrella? What if it was? <laughs> I'm at a loss. It's, it's not. Okay, shoot. What if it was? <laughs> I just wondered, like, is it? I just, I have no idea. Like, what, what form could Cherry Pepsi take? Yeah. That isn't Cherry Pepsi. That's cr- well, it is Cherry Pepsi, but it's not because you said yeah. it's not. It's not something you can drink. No, or eat, or eat. Right. You could, but you shouldn't. But you shouldn't. Yeah. You could eat it, but you shouldn't. It's not food. But it's not food, but it's Pepsi. 
There's no nutritional is, value to it. Well, that was Pepsi. Man. Well, I don't know. What is it? Lip balm. Lip balm. Yeah, they sell uh, cherry Pepsi lip balm. Okay. Okay. You could eat it. You yeah, should. yeah. <laughs> well, I guess you do eat it because you have it on your lips and you're going to eat food and it's going to get onto the food. Mm, things, some things go in your mouth that aren't food. Toothpaste goes in your mouth, but it's not food. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, uh, the answer was lip balm. Everyone who had lip balm, flip all your cards over, <laughs> and we will send you your prize in the mail. Just let us know that you got that. Yeah, let us know you were right. Well, let's take your word for it. Well, it's an honor. It's a trust thing. It's a trust exercise. So you and I uh, went to uh, Van Calf this weekend. We as did. We promised. <laughs> we, we did. We went as promised, yes. We went as promised. Uh, and uh, and uh, I I quite enjoyed myself. I felt uh, I felt it went really well. Uh, how about yourself? Yeah, I thought so too. I thought it was really a really fun show. Other than having to sit with a mask on all day, no, that didn't bother me actually. <laughs> um, yeah, that was one thing they did. Uh, they did ask us to have masks. Yeah, that we were fairly well separated from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and a surprising amount of people had masks too. I was surprised because. Uh, it's the kind of thing that people just wander into. Yeah. So they might have been thinking, I'm just going for a walk and I don't need a mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of the people who, who approached us did did have them. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly they put them on when they saw that we were wearing them. But maybe I, I was surprised they had them. Mm. But maybe they go into shops. Yeah. I think it's kind of a thing now just to have yeah. them in your pocket. Sex parties. <laughs> and so you got to have your mask. Sure. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of random sex parties that happen on mm-hmm. weekends here, yeah. especially on the first sunny day. And everyone's really worried about hygiene, those things. Yeah, yeah. It's a big, it's a big deal. Yeah. Eyes wide shut, but also, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, be open to yeah. good hygiene. That's what they say. <laughs> yes. Eyes wide open. Uh, yeah, we did really well. I think so, too. Like, I think people, like, it didn't feel we, as we busy selling, as some years. We were selling um, Sparks. Yes. Uh, and I was giving away, uh, old, uh, Simpsons comics that were free Simpsons comics that I had. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, also had, uh, some mannequin on the moon, uh, little mini comic collections yes. that I was giving away. And, uh, my wife Pia Guerra was there, uh, doing drawings for people. And that also went well. And she was selling, uh, the, uh, complete collections of Y, <laughs> which are this gigantic, enormous frickin'. <laughs> $150 book. Yeah. And she sold yeah. a couple of those, which was really nice. Sold three of those. Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah. Big, big damn things. It was nice because you don't have to carry them back home. <laughs> Basically, like, the best part of it, aside, you know, it is nice to make some money. Yeah. But uh, not having to carry shit home is also real nice. <laughs> yeah. I felt like everyone came there with, like, money in their pocket and they wanted to buy things. So mm-hmm. it was nice. And we had a lot of kids come up. We had a lot of kids come up who, who love Sparks. And we're super excited by the new book. Yeah, and a lot of them didn't know there was a new book. Yeah, so that was really good. Yeah, it's both good and also ugh, you know, oh. frustrating because it's like it is the it is the COVID thing of like when the second book came out, there was no book fairs, mm-hmm. scholastic book fairs, and mm-hmm. the like. So I was like, okay, you know, it's tough to push that. And now we're in the semi people know you know about it zone. Yeah, you know? I mean, it was uh, like a, a best selling book in Canada according to CBC. But still in all, it's like it's still hard to like get the word out. Yeah. On yeah. It. I assume that they're gonna have book fairs this year for, for Scholastic. I would hope so. I don't assume a damn thing. Yeah. But even if they don't have book fairs, I thought I thought that they give a hand up fly like they have the flyer thing as well, or like the you know, where you order stuff from like a you know, get like a, a catalog and you can order things from that. 
Well, you tell you tell me, man. I don't. I but there was a nice surprise, like quite often, like a, a kid going, "What?" <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then uh, wanting to pick it up, and then looking up at the parent with the big eyes. And- <laughs> well, you get the two reactions when you get the obviously want it, then you get the kids who do a kind of weird maneuver where they they want it, but they don't want to like say they want it. Well, I think there's a couple of things that happen if it's if it's like my niece and nephew. Uh, they're told when they go into something, you've got this amount to spend. Okay. So, and that money then becomes the most precious money they've got in the world, <laughs> right? So when someone goes, do you want this? Yeah. It's like, well, if I get this, I don't get to get the other stuff, which mm. I don't know what exists right now. So, yeah, they don't want to make the commitment yeah. to two things. Yeah. The idea of like having money is is ridiculous sometimes to a kid, and you gotta like you gotta plan this out. This is precious, and so if they do come back and want it, then holy smokes, you feel good about that. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then there were the kids who were totally unfamiliar with Sparks at all. Yeah, you and were that's a good. You were a good pitch man for that. <laughs> do you know about Sparks? Do you know about the good work of the Sparks? I always ask that question. Yeah. My, my favorite, of course, was a little girl who just started reading one of the books, and the mom was doing the patient thing of, well, you got just two minutes, two minutes to read it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, you got a minute left, a minute <laughs> left. And it's like, oh, all right, we're out of time. Come on now. And she's just like dead on reading it. And they, so the mom like takes something and just starts like smacking the kid on the head lightly, just like <laughs> tap. Tap, tap, tap. And the girl's brushing it aside. Yeah. And back to tap, tap. Trying to push her mom away from her, yeah. and even tried to stomp on her foot at one point. Yes, did not want to stop reading. Yeah, that was that felt good. good. So they it, did come back though. It, it always feels good when you see like a kid uh, sitting on the floor reading the book or like reading while walking or mm-hmm, what have you. Then mm-hmm. you feel like, nah, right. nah, this is worthwhile. <laughs> this feels nice. Yes. But uh, for those of you out there who haven't gotten it yet, Sparks Future Perfect is uh, in bookstores now or wherever you get books. And if you do get any of our books or have any of our books, uh, we will give you uh, book plates um, for free uh, for them, which means it, uh, they're uh, signed by me, David, and uh, Nina. Nina is the artist. David is the colorist. I am the writer. And all you got to do is write us at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com and give us your address, and we will uh, pop one in the mail to you. Or however many books you've got, we'll pop that amount in the mail to you. Yeah. And people did seem to like the book uh, book plates as well, which was nice. Yes. Yeah, it was, that was good. It was handy because uh, Nina couldn't be with us, so yeah. we had her autograph. And I picked up some uh, some some stuff from uh, local artists and beyond and uh, uh, really like Jason Turner stuff. Holy moly. Yes. I bought a bunch of his books last last. The yeah. last time we had Bandcast, so that was a couple years ago. Yeah, you got this one, uh, Sad Vampire, that yeah. I really like, so I got that one. <laughs> okay. And a lot of his ones about birds. Yeah, the birds ones are good. I love his Cat it's Comics. Cat vers- is it Cat versus Cat or Cat? I think this is called Cat Comics. Cat Comics? Okay. Yeah. It is Cat versus Cat, though, basically. It just basically made characters out of the local cats where he lived. So mm-hmm. he just kind of gave them all personalities and, uh, and kind of, obviously, uh, whatever they call it, anthropomorphized them. but. Yep. But it, it's really fun. It's, a, it's kind of fun because they're still cats. So they're like, they're kind of like humans, but they're cat humans. So they yep. have the cat behaviors, but they're, they're also, they talk and they walk. And That's always a fun mix. It is good. Yeah, I really like that. I really like his stuff. It's, got a, it's an appealing style. But the other one I bought was he did a, uh, during COVID, he did a project where he did 50 pages. Each page was like a year of his life. And he just kind of wrote about something about a year, each, each oh, year wow. of his life. 
And I thought that was a neat idea. I would be hard pressed to do that. Like mm-hmm. to think of like, okay, what was 26 like? <laughs> what Just some, was some memory from then, I guess. Seven yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. But that's an interesting one to do. Well, what do you do for like? I, I haven't. I haven't got it yet. I, I, yeah, mean, yeah. I think they're just like other people's memories of those parts of his life. Oh, okay. All right. That's that's fair so, enough. So you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought it was a good idea. So I bought that one. I bought Sad Vampire, and I bought a bird one for Mary because she's a bird, a bird maniac. Here's what here's what I would do for uh, the um, uh, if I did one of those one to fifty things or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Is I would then in the little corner. Have like a figure in the like I'd have a thing almost like a flip book. Okay, but a figure in the distance, you're like, who is that? And then as you keep getting uh, going along, you see it's death, and you're just getting closer. <laughs> and then at one point, like he trips, mm-hmm. trips and falls down for oh. a while, grabs oh. his knee, then gets up, <laughs> stumbles, gets hit by a car, but sure. he's still getting closer. It's still getting closer. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, I it, I always come out of this uh, very encouraged. Like just seeing the wide variety of things that people do, and also the idea that you can do these things. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's all it's all completely doable. It's just a trip to the printer, mm-hmm. or even if you have a printer, uh, you know, you can do it. You can do these things. You can you can publish a mini comic, absolutely, or you can do a more high end thing. And a lot of people had very high end things. There are beautiful pieces of art, or shirts, or what yeah. have you. Yeah, I'm less enamored with art comics. Um... I have a hard... You want a story? I'm a narrative person, that's for sure. Yeah. There was a lady sitting across from us who was from Belgium, and... We're going to go to Belgium. We're going to go to Belgium, but I was talking to her, and... But she was very much, like, from the art comics side of things. Like, I was looking at her comics. That is definitely a thing in in Europe that isn't really here as much. Yeah, and these... She had a bunch of different ones, and and I guess the... She was kind of representing her own work, but also her publisher's out, they think the general, their output. But they'd chosen books that were, for the most part, wordless or, or of, had fewer words in them because they're all in French. So, right. so that doesn't really, it's not going to really fly here on the West Coast where, yeah. despite the fact that we are. We're bilingual. But our French is pretty limited. Yeah. So, but, you know, a few words we can understand or, or at least not be overwhelmed by. But yeah, if they'd been more narrative, I would have been more interested. I just, you know, just like pictures of squiggly lines and stuff like that, you know, and an expensive hardcover. And you're like, well, how much is this? It's like $25. And you're like, okay, I guess that seems like a lot of money to pay for squiggles, but okay. There was a mini comic uh, that I was reading that was about an art. It was an artist. And they were talking about, among other things, you know, uh, woke culture and whatnot. Okay. And, uh, and then they were like going on about like, um, you know, uh, people that are canceled and that'll probably happen to them soon. And uh, I was looking at it and just going, this is a mini comic. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, canceled from doing what? <laughs> like, no one can stop you from doing this, yeah, like, yeah. at all. What do you t- What do you mean? I guess I guess you could get banned from uh, conventions. Maybe, yeah, I guess you could get maybe turned away. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying he or she. Uh, but, yeah, it just was just like. You'd have to be doing a lot of, like, to get turned away from, you'd have to be really, like, you know, you have to like murder someone most likely to get banned from fan cab. I would think. I can't imagine. What yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard going. It's weird because, like, inside the book, there was things like uh, there was, you know, complaints about how they'd applied for the Canada Council grants and never got any, and all this stuff. And it's just like, oh <laughs> join, yeah, that's join the club. Yeah, join the club. But then it's just. Uh, but then the complaints later about being canceled, and it's like, 
well, you're not getting any grant. Like, yeah. that's the only th- thing that might be the case. It's just like, all right, if you're applying to the government for things and your reputation is uh, impeached in some way that's <laughs> yeah. possible, then the government, but the government's not giving you nothing, no house. So, like, there's, you know, there's no water in that pipe. Yeah. So, here you go. It's all, it's all fine. Yeah, you have to put a, fit a pretty narrow uh, set of, of, you know, there's a, you know, there's a pretty narrow definition of what makes you eligible for getting grants. And I'm afraid, you know, that's, you just, this, or that person will not be, uh, yeah. I mean, it, and, and what gets you grants now is different than what got you grants then. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's still not it. You know, it was, it was a, it's a, it's a weird little, uh, pocket of thing. And that's what they do. I'm, I'm, I'm also like, I was looking at a video today from, uh, from, from a, a guy who was in a comedy trip that I used to really like a lot. Okay. And, uh, I'll, I'll say who it is. It was a Paul, it was Paul Chato from, um, the from Frantics. the Frantics. Yeah. And yeah, he's got a, he had a web, uh, thing on YouTube. It was like, uh, former, uh, TV executive, you know, da, da, uh, talks about. And yeah, he just keeps going on about like, woke culture ruining everything and how they've got no uh you know they've got no creativity and so they hate us who are the creatives and all this stuff and it's just like what the fuck are you talking about yeah you know it's just it's just this i mean just on any level it's just the dumb us versus them isms that uh, are just it's just not it's just it's not true yeah but it's also dumb like it's just a dumb take to have it's a bill well, it Maher-ish seems, it seems dumb yeah take. well it seems odd like okay so let's say let's just take an example of something from woke culture which i assume would be like anti-racism you know like people looking out for you know for people being right. people saying racist things that would be i would think would be a, the opposite of being woke like is that like a big problem for you that you can't say racist things now because culture suddenly got all woke? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, what is the complaint? Like, you know, you can still make like off color jokes or push the envelope if you want. Right. It's just people are just don't want people like make being hurtful for no reason. Like, that's, that's what it's about. It's not like, yeah, if, if you can't take being called on your thing, yeah. then I mean, listen, if you want to do a thing, yeah, and then people go, hey, and you go like, no, I'm going to do this thing because yeah. I believe in it. Yeah. Oh, well, that's fine then. Then you it's, do it. Well, it's whatever. I mean, it's, you know? it's not fine. It's fine. It's just, it is what it is. Like, but now I can't perform yeah. at blah, blah, blahs. Like, okay. Were first you? First of all, were you performing <laughs> at blah, blah, blahs anyway? Yeah. Do you care about performing at blah, 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 blahs? You know, because you seem kind of edgelordy. Yeah. So maybe the blah, blah, blahs is too mainstreamy for you anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. It it feels like, and I hate dividing things into right-wing, left-wing, but it feels like something that right-wing folks uh, bring up and just go like uh, and say to people who are left-wing folks but are getting a little older, just (laughs) going, hey, you know who your enemy is? It's the other left wing folks because yeah. they want to uh, kick you out, <laughs> and they're going to take your place. Yeah. And and there's always that fear of just like being replaced because you're going to be replaced. Whatever you are, you're going to be replaced by a younger version of yourself, probably, probably unless you're really inventive and keep doing unique stuff. That's fine. But there's going to be like your replacement, like yeah, they're going to come for you, and da da da. So you better go after them. And like yeah. you're right person who isn't on my side and doesn't do the and i don't believe anything that you believe but that's good advice to me sure okay and And i'm really nervous about this envelope you gave me when i came in today Uh uh-huh it's anthrax oh (laughs) well it's fine then (laughs) but like one of uh one of shadow's complaints was like how they've ruined star trek with uh star trek discovery 
because that's just uh, all too woke. And I'm not the biggest fan of Star Trek Discovery. I like uh, Strange New Worlds, the new thing. But like, if you don't like if you don't like us, Star Trek, wait two minutes and there's a new <laughs> Star Trek coming. Then enjoy some Picard or whatever the fuck is. There's another movie I'm sure coming. Like, yeah. It's, and, and, and yeah, it's not woke culture; it's fan culture that ruins Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a way to put it. Uh, but also, like, wasn't Star Trek like a really woke woke show? Wasn't there like I wouldn't you know, say the original one was, but I would. When you have people who are like half black, half white face, and it's about prejudice, and like one's yeah. one side, like you know, I mean, it had that stuff, but it also had people calling each other names and. And a lot of a lot of smooching and 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 you know there was it still had like but had the its, whole idea it had its cake and ate it too I right guess. right but the whole idea but yeah and then you'd have like characters who were like I can't picture a ship being run by a woman <laughs> like okay fair enough but we've we've gotten rid of all prejudice but have you because I think like the you pointy eared hobgoblin that's right the doctor's a super fucking racist <laughs> and you still seem to have issues with Russia and blah 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 um. But like the show was trying to like push social issues, sure. Quite often, blatantly. By, and you know, if you if you were to, yeah, I know, would say adjust for inflation. Yeah, you'd be getting a, a very, uh, you know, whatever you call woke uh, show now. I would even I would kind of put that more on Next Generation as being more more so, yeah, more to that more to like I guess Roddenberry's original vision. Of, and like, and, and yet, like if you look the 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 first couple episodes. There was a lot of fucking. Like there was a lot of. Oh just my god! Like, yeah, just There's... like, hey, Data, you got a Wang? I sure fucking do. <laughs> let's do her. Okay, let's get at her. Here we go. Bumping your bow. There's okay, even a twenty-minute the... sequence of the spaceship having sex with 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 the uh, lo- do- docking bay. That's right. It was quite uh, graphic. If actually. the Enterprise is a rockin', <laughs> then get rid of the Klingon. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, but they'd go down to like a sex planet or something. And, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. Riker was a bit of a freak, you know, for stuff. He was, well, he played jazz. Yeah, you know what that means. Smokes <laughs> little cigarettes. All those all those shenanigans. It's, it's, it was telling us something. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of weird. I wonder. I feel so. It really feels like two years ago, someone complaining about woke culture. or ca- I mean, it's just a new word for cancel culture, I guess, to say woke culture. Yeah. In this context. Like just feels I like mean, it's a term that it. comes from uh, from like black uh, Twitter, and and so you know whatever whatever like the, if you, if you're against you know cancel culture or whatever you are, uh, like you'll look for whatever the newest term is, and that was one you were able to like, grab onto. And, yeah, yeah, bleh, and put it and put it there. You know, it used to be like you know two PC or whatever. That's sure. all. It all means the same thing. Sure. Yeah, I think there's more. There's you know bigger more more things to worry about. You know in a in a kind of a culture that's become lynch happy than than you know the fact that you can't tell jokes and you know but yeah i mean the thing though for all the people that complain about you know you can't say nothing no more it's just like ricky gervais just came out with a special that like <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's... was a whole whack of trans you know yeah. trans jokes off the top you I, know? Said, I didn't see it I... yeah and you know uh he's not my favorite no he's not well yeah but He's on Netflix, mm-hmm. which is like the number one streaming service, and okay. I think he's like his special is probably number one at least until people watch it. Uh, you know, but it, like he's incredibly popular, and there yeah. you go. So don't sure. you know? Don't tell me you can't blah blah blah. And you know he got paid tens of millions of dollars, so blah blah blah. So you know, or like Chappelle, 
you know, he's getting tens of millions of dollars, so blah, blah, blah. So don't, what do you mean you can't say nothing? You know, you you can not only say things, but you can be rich as hell from it. Like, what's <laughs> what's your negative? Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, I, it just makes no no flipping sense. It's like someone saying that they're starving while they've got like a big fryer tuck spread in front of them. I don't I don't get it. Yeah. Well, know? he's starving because he keeps throwing the food over his shoulder. That is true. It's only take one bite and getting rid of it. I would like to see uh, them cut then to Max, the two thousand year old mouse, just grabbing the <laughs> grabbing those the food things as as you go. I mean, it does it does basically you get you gotta just say to people like Shadow. Like, uh, okay, but are you saying that this isn't music? This is just noise. Cause that's what it, <laughs> that's what a lot of this is feels like. Sure. And that's going to happen regardless. You're yeah. always going to, whatever the new thing coming up, you're going to go, well, this is nonsense. And it's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I suppose, I mean, I guess we do see, we do see a reaction to, to these things. Um, you know, and there are places where people, re- I mean, when my nephew was younger, he was like a big, when he was a teenager, he was a big fan of 4chan. Yeah. You know, and he would send me memes and stuff from, from 4chan. And many of them are very are horrifying, you know, to, to a person who's, who's come out of the other side of, of being, a, being a teenager. But, you know, I know he's a good person. I know it's just a way sure. for teenagers, teenage boys, maybe more, to let it, you know, blow off some steam and, and you know, and there's... You know, and they live in a world where this kind of humor isn't like as available as it was when we were kids. You mm-hmm. know, so they're finding where they can, and they're enjoying it while they can, and then you move on in life from that. You know, and I just I don't understand this idea that it's can't, you can't do it any like it's anywhere, it's all over. Like if you want to yeah. look at inappropriate humor or see, yeah, you, you know, can't fart anywhere nowadays. <laughs> Wait a second. Who just did that? I'm just saying. They're saying you got to hold it in all the time. Wait a minute. Who was that? Wait a second. They just paid that guy $10,000 to fart. Okay. Yeah. It it's um it's odd. Well, my wife uh, had a uh, had a TV show uh, that was called uh, Why the Last Man and and there was uh, quite a few people who had issues with the with the title of it. Because uh, there were trans people on the show who were, uh, you know, trans men. So aren't they men as well? So doesn't isn't the title just saying the only man, real man, is this man who is not that? Uh, yet in the show itself, you know, they just said over and over again, no, there's other men. Yeah. You know, it, it's just this is the only one with a Y chromosome. Yeah. And over and over again. But, they said, but, but the title. So we got, <laughs> so they got it from both ends. So you got like, uh, there were people who were complaining about the title and said, okay, so it's transphobic because of the title. Mm. But then they also had all these people who were anti, you know, uh, trans and saying it was pushing a pro uh, trans agenda. Yeah. And so it was like, you know, both sides were like coming at it. Mm-hmm. And, my my feeling is kind of I I agree with what the kids in the hall uh, sort of said about it because they were asked about like can you say certain things that you used to say you can't say this you can't say that and and their general thing was no things are better now I pref- you prefer how they are but you know one thing I will say and this was Dave Foley said there's a context embargo and it's like people want to hear just what they want to hear and they don't want to have any more than that and hear the context for what you're saying mm-hmm. and i think that that is the problem is you're receiving things on twitter uh just in these short bursts yeah. 
And if you'll now just expand it a little bit and see, oh, okay, wait a second. So this meant this meant this meant this. All right, okay. That, yeah, then sure. it means the opposite. Because often something can be the opposite of what it, it appears upon first glance. Mm-hmm. And you do need to be able to like add context to things or you're not going to get uh, the truth <laughs> yes. in there. You're going to have Amber Heard uh Twitter bites and stuff like that, where yeah. people just cut the meanest moments out of Yeah, testimony. whatever you believe you will put yeah. up there and yeah. then... With a convenient cutoff point so that whatever context around that answer is cut away. So you just get this yeah. moment of, oh, the lawyer owned her at this moment. Yeah, you know, it's beautiful for gossip. It's beautiful <laughs> like, for clicks and gossip <laughs> and, what, and what have you, but yeah. for uh, for truth and a, an for idea nuance. of what's yeah. really going on. Yeah, yeah. no dice. There was, a, there was a thing that happened uh, when they were shooting Y where uh, there was a homeless encampment that was near where a shoot was going on and the homeless encampment was cleared out by the police. And someone on Twitter said, oh, uh, you know, uh, I bet they cleared this out because of the Y shoot. And and my wife was like, what the hell? Because she's the executive producer on the show. Yeah. And so she she contacted the other producers and they were like, what? No, we didn't know about that. And they looked into it and was like, no, this is nothing to do. Because they were shooting like um, an indoor shoot at yeah. a nearby venue that would in no way have been affected by that at all. There's no benefit to them clearing out yeah. this. Uh, and also, every producer on this is such a social activist that the idea that they would do that is just fucking ridiculous. But... Because it's on Twitter, and you say it in these short bursts, mm. it catches fire. Yeah, and you gotta like you know uh, try putting it out as quickly as you as as you can with as many hard facts said in short bursts as possible. But there's always people just gonna believe gonna be going yeah yeah sure sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah sure sure yeah, yeah. and it's like okay well just tell me like how this makes sense what's the benefit mm-hmm. people don't do things people do lie about things but they don't lie about things where there's no benefit to them people don't just do things that are out of character for no benefit you know and also you know you're uh you're you taking the police and the city off the hook because you want to like you know blame blame someone else and it's like no these are the people who really did this hmm. and yeah uh, you know you're being too easy on the people who actually did the thing that you are objecting to because this is a much juicier bit of gossip and a more interesting story and that's the other problem with twitter is they will go with the more interesting thing even if the more interesting thing isn't true hmm. so fix twitter dave <laughs> <clears throat> that well, elon musk fella he's yeah gonna he's gonna it, step right? in and i think he's trying to get out of yeah, i think it really does look like it eh <laughs> That's a guy who's like at the end of dinner and just like, this is all on me. All right. And he gets the check. Ho, ho. Listen. So who had, I just had a salad. Yeah. Who had drinks? Who had drinks? Well, you're getting it, right? Well, you bet I am. But, you know, if you guys want to kick in or. Uh, sure. Wait. This is, he saw the. Humana, 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 humana. He saw the profit loss sheet for Twitter and realized it hadn't made, hadn't. Made a red sense since 2019. Right. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, you know, I Excuse don't necessarily me. even think like he's going into it for the profit of it, but like for the power of it. And mm. like, well, what power do you get out of this? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. I guess to let uh, Donald Trump back on again, that would just be for merely for for uh, to pump up the uh, yeah profits again. Yeah, but the problem with that is Trump's already set up his own yeah. network, so 
to come back onto Twitter would mean your network failed. Yeah. That's yeah. the problem. You know, you're being offered a hand. You're being helped. And that doesn't work with the Trump narrative. So yeah. what do you do? Yeah. I guess you could just, uh, yeah. He'll find a way of like freeing all those bored apes. Those poor bored apes. Poor guys. Talk about NFTs? I am. Okay. <laughs> um, actually, that remind. well, I don't know why it reminded me of this, but did you hear about the Grubhub fiasco in New York City? No. What's up? Okay, so Grubhub. Tell me about the Grubhub, bub. Grubhub, which I assume is kind of like a DoorDash or, yeah. or something like that, decided that it would be great, a great idea to give everyone a free lunch. In New York? In New York City, yeah. They know how many people are in New York City, right? I don't think they did. Oh, I do. There's a lot of people in New York City. <laughs> Nor did they tell the restaurants that they were planning to do this. Oh, my sweet Lord. So they just announced on online that, you know, you oh could order God. a free lunch in New York City on on Grubhub. No, you can't. It was, okay. it was free. Uh-huh. So Grubhub was paying the restaurants for, for these. Okay. But they didn't inform the restaurants they were going to be doing this. With tax and everything? Uh, sorry, tip and everything? Oh, well, they did not pay the tip. That was the other problem. So... So you had two problems. One is that wow. the restaurants were getting like 4,000 calls an hour for orders yeah, and trying to like meet all these orders. Some, some restaurants, like some people who actually got their food, didn't get their food until like in the evening because sure, it was just sure, so backed sure. up. But the other problem was because the drivers are looking at their, looking at their orders and because it was free, no one was giving tips. Yeah. And that's what their money's from. So yeah. they're looking and they're like, well, I'm not getting a tip for this. So they didn't bother to do the deliveries. Yeah. And so all these orders just sat in the restaurants. They weren't picked up. Yeah, you got you to gotta go like you get 20% of the, uh, of the meal. Like yeah. whatever it costs. Sure, sure. But it was would've free. Cost. So no one, right. I guess. It, but what it would have cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no one did that. So the drivers were getting, well, or not enough people obviously did that. So the drivers weren't getting anything. And it was just a major, major shit show. And it's, it's just sort of interesting because it okay let me just say they took uh yeah if you enter the code free lunch yeah you got 15 dollars off orders uh placed on tuesday between 11 and 2 yeah they were still required to pay taxes fees and occasional tips sure yeah. but they didn't pay but the tips. they did <laughs> and the order volume pe- peaked at six thousand per minute six thousand per minute yeah 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 can you imagine being in a, a well it's not just one restaurant but throughout the new york area there's six thousand orders being a minute going into the restaurants to try to try to <laughs> so all these poor people who didn't put anyone extra on because they didn't know this was a thing and it just kind of makes me wonder about like like the people who are living in these virtual realities of like grubhub and whatnot like that yeah. where it's just to them it's just a process of you click a button yeah and then this happens and it's all done and you don't have to worry about anything there's like to them there's no infrastructure to what they're doing they only look at it as a an app yeah. that delivers food not as a reality that behind this wall of like data or you know you know uh program information there's like human beings and reality of like su- food supplies and etc like that that have to like go to all this through this work pro- working process to get the food it, you know to the order made out delivered etc etc yeah no concept of that at all just it's just amazing like what Jesus. kind of weirdness <laughs> like what like how how did you i mean obviously they didn't think about it at all because if they thought about it for a minute they would have realized that it was uh, absolute it was just gonna be mayhem you know what I, what they could have done is like done a month of of kind of like 
giveaways, like, you know, like randomly yeah. give people coupons for that day for this amount of money, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then, and then sort of auto, but have a auto tip in there or whatever, you know what I mean? Like yeah. so, figure out some way to, to make it fair for everyone, but they didn't, they just threw it into the laps of the restaurants who were of course completely, and it, you know, yeah. and for the restaurants, it's terrible because now to 6,000 people a minute in New York city, they're slow and inefficient and didn't do their job. Those restaurants. Right. I got like a tweet here. That's like, uh, uh, someone on the time. Uh, currently working front of house at a restaurant in Brooklyn. You guys big time messed up. We have over 30 cold orders not being picked up by drivers and our phones are off the hook with angry customers. Absolutely uh, fucking over the entire NYC <laughs> service industry today. Now, all I can think is like uh, the one thing is those 30 meals, though, are going to be paid by Grubhub. Yeah. So they're not they're not losing the, money. On they're not that. losing money, but what a waste. What a waste of food. Yeah. What a waste, yeah. Like you, like I really hope that those meals went because a lot of restaurants in New York do if they, you know, don't serve the meals or some such, or there's a meal that like you know isn't picked up, they do go uh, to you know uh, places like uh, homeless shelters and whatnot. Well, hopefully, so I mean, hopefully, there was a lot. There was a lot of. <laughs> I think what I saw was a lot of garbage bags full of food on the floors of restaurants. Yikes! So I think it was just maybe too much for them to even get out of the restaurant and deliver to places. I mean, I think, I mean, I think there is definitely a thing too with, you know, with whatever Bitcoin and what, what have you, but like with almost any new technology is uh, you can't admit that you don't understand what's going on because if you admit you don't understand what's going <laughs> yeah. on, you should be replaced because we need someone who's on the ball. Yeah. yeah. So the new tech just keeps coming in and you've got to pretend you know what's going on and then you do something like this <laughs> or and then it all falls apart as sure. you know a lot of things are going to fall apart anyway because you know i mean bitcoin bitcoin is gambling so like you know mm -hmm. eventually yeah it is. Well, eventually scheme, that yeah. bubble's going to go pop yeah. and uh, and there you go and then the pyramid scheme uh, it's literally fails. it's literally a ponzi scheme and that the low the lower half of the of the bitcoin own you know people who own bitcoin are supporting the the upper bracket yeah. of bitcoin people because you it's a closed system so you can't well, if you're going to sell your bitcoin you have to sell it to someone who wants to buy your bitcoin in yeah. order for you to get money from your bitcoin but you feel that, that there's an infinite amount of uh people with it i mean it's it feels to me like it's the opposite like of uh hoarding gold it's yeah. like it's uh, both the bitcoiners and the gold hoarders feel that they're making a good investment yeah. and it's safer than traditional money because traditional sure. money can just go flush. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, so I'm going to keep gold because gold can't, will always have value. Well, maybe it will, maybe it won't. And then uh, I'm going to get Bitcoin because Bitcoin will always have value. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. <laughs> uh, but it's better than the, what we, the devil we know, huh? Mm, I don't know. Devil we know has been around a while, <laughs> but okay, whatever you say. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck to both sides of you and you. I mean, but just remember you're gambling. Yes. And so, you know, uh, don't play if you don't uh, can't lose. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I was going to say one other thing, but I can't Please remember what do. it was now. It's Please say important. the other thing. Oh, I was thinking about hate, hate comics. Uh, Peter uh, Baggy's. Peter Baggy's hate. And in... in if you remember uh, Buddy's girlfriend at that time, his kind of which which of the he had two girlfriends. Yes, the first girlfriend whose whose dad worked for I think a Microsoft like company okay. in the story, and basically in in the story like Peter's like oh what do you do and he's like oh I work for this 
you know, tech company, which I know nothing. He says, I know nothing about tech at all, but I understand business. And these guys understand tech, but they don't understand business, mm. you know? And so I'm there to kind of keep their feet on the ground. Okay. And keep things from getting too pie in the sky. And I think I f- you're talking about Valerie uh, Russo was, uh, was the first. Okay. Yeah. And then, sure. he, and then he ended up marrying Lisa. That's right. right. That's right. Okay. And, and I thought, I think that's kind of interesting. And it, it makes me think of the, this Grubhub thing where you, they maybe needed someone who was grounded and maybe had a sense of, of the real world mm-hmm. and could say things like, well, this is really going to put a lot of pressure on restaurants. Like, I think that's maybe too much. For, you know what I mean? Like, this needed someone to, like, who could yeah. be, like, realistic. You know how New York works. <laughs> well, the world works. I mean, it yeah. could happen in any city. Any city that you threw this. New York's a little bit more uh, dense, though, too. Mm-hmm. Like, so, you know, if you wanted to experiment with this, you would probably want to experiment in a smaller city that yes, had less density. sure, sure, yeah. If you so did. you wouldn't have the 6,000 orders. <laughs> but, oh, I mean, man. any city, the... The, the percentage of restaurants is going to reflect the percentage of population. Do you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, yes, New York has more people and more restaurants, but it would be, you know, it would be percentage-wise, it would be the same overwhelming factor for Tulsa, Oklahoma, because there'd be so many restaurants for so many people in Tulsa, and all of them would be phoning those restaurants at the same time and overwhelming them as well, you know. And, I don't know, maybe people in Tulsa are even less happy with you. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, it's just it's just a kind of a, a, an amusing story, but also I feel sorry for anyone who worked in restaurants. Well, on with that almost day. anything tech, like it just it just reminds me of you know the nineties and uh, and you know, when there was the uh, dot com bubble, mm-hmm. uh, and and I had an office then. Yes, uh, that I'd uh, taken over from a company that moved to bigger location, but wanted to keep. Uh, their old location. I I do this a lot. It feels like I'm kind of <laughs> in that right now. Um, but uh, but yeah. So I had this office, and the and the company was still kind of taken off and still doing all right. Yeah. And uh, they were like, oh, we should all we should work together. It'll be. It was it was all these about how everything's going to be great, and you know, it's just we're making things. And and yeah. their their idea was they were going to combine television with the internet. So that while you're watching television, you can comment on television, and the and the television could be interactive, and it, and it was like okay, it's the kind of thing you know <laughs> people have talked about for a very long time, and frankly, we do right now. You know, I mean, they were right; it did exist. But like every time that you would talk to them about what they actually were doing, their technology was 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 really on point, but they had it didn't do anything like it was yeah. nothing there was nothing practical to it yeah and 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 uh i think it was like roger uh my friend roger who i also shared the office with uh said uh, every time we go there what they're inventing is jargon <laughs> it's like yeah and they're pretending that they know what they're doing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you can tell that the desperation is getting more and more and more mm-hmm. and more and more mm-hmm. and fortunately i i teamed up with them on like pitching a tv show and uh, they wanted to charge the network for us meeting with them because their time was valuable. <laughs> and they were like, we should charge them $100 an hour to meet with us. I was like, while we're pitching them? <laughs> and it was like, and, and I said to them, don't do that. Yeah. Obviously. No, don't. And it's like, no, our, they'll respect it. 
because you know they'll oh their time is valuable they they must really not no they won't they'll think it's crazy <laughs> because it's crazy it's like going to a job interview and trying to charge them for the job interview because your time is valuable <laughs> oh you don't do that and so and so yeah uh when we when we made up the budget yeah. for the show, yeah. we went in and uh, and they had changed the budget by the time uh, we we were pitching the budget, mm-hmm. and this is why I broke up with them. Uh, and they had included their time at the meetings. It was there as part of the budget, and I just was what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, it was ridiculous. And also that they changed it without uh, consulting me. Yeah, yeah. Because like, oh, we'll just put it in, and they were they were they were of the mindset that better to you know apologize later yes but still do the thing that you know you should that is a favorite expression of mine it's easier to ask forgiveness than than permission (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and you get to do that once and then no one trusts you because you're a fucking liar Uh, no you don't lie you just you just did it so you know yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, but if you've had a discussion about it and what you oh, were yeah. all planning well, things together, yes, and then different. you change things in between that that's, that uh, meeting and the next meeting, then you're a liar. That's a little and different. I don't trust that's, you. That's a little different. Yeah, yeah. I've had that. I've had that happen to me before. That was one of the reasons, like my my comedy troupe broke up as well, mm. uh, because something major changed uh, after we discussed it, and uh, we discussed we weren't going to do this, and it's like we're doing this, and it's like, mm, and now we can't not do this thing that because you just announced it that we're doing it. <laughs> Well, I don't trust you anymore. So fuck, huh. that sucks. Huh. But uh, but yeah, no. It just reminds me of of that of those days of like just making up jargon, <laughs> being very desperate. Yeah. Because you know you don't uh, you don't charge for your time if you're doing well financially. Yeah, yeah. You don't do that. That's a oh god, we gotta make some money, <laughs> uh, and uh, people can smell that sweat on you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's what it is now too. It's just mm. you gotta. No one can say. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. Because then the worst thing that can happen there is you go, I don't get this. How does this work? You turn to the next person. They go, uh, I don't get it either. Turn to the next person. Uh, and now we're fucked. Yeah. We realize the whole house falls down on itself. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess it's one thing to come up with a, with a great idea, but it's another thing to put that, take that concept into a practical plane of reality and, and you know, have the actual rubber meets the road sort of experience that's much harder that is one of the things that i i mean i'm not a big fan of watching of like dragon's den or shark tank or what have you Mm -hmm. but what i do like about it is when someone's pitched an idea and it's a that's an interesting product and and then the uh the sharks or the dragons uh, uh ask like okay so how much have you made so far and what's your plan and how are you going to make money back on this? Mm. And what's the investment? Okay, so who's the market for this? Yeah. Okay, well, where are you doing this? And it's like, oh, these are all very realistic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't just go, I got a great idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because these guys are experienced at the rubber hitting the road. They're yeah. just, it's not just concept to them. And that's what's interesting about the dot-com boom is so much of it was theory and airy-fairy ideas that had no reality to it. And I think that really was a case of where pe- people who didn't know were trusting the quote-unquote experts in the tech tech industry to guide them. But, you know, everyone was just making it up as they went along. And, you know, you just got to the point where it was an absolute disaster. And then the 
you know, the bubble burst and yeah. everyone lost their shirt. And, and everyone, I mean, if, I, if I'm to tie in the two things we were talking about, you know, these people that are worried about, you know, cancel culture and, uh, and this, yeah. it's reality benders. It's people going like, this is the way things are. Mm-hmm. If there's a real market for this and this is going to be this. No, not really. You're just making that up. Yeah. Oh, you know, uh, these people are coming to try and take away your right to say anything. No, they're not. <laughs> not at all. There's no proof about it at all. And, yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, the, the nice thing about the internet, uh, and I say that sarcastically is, uh, it's, it makes it easy to bend reality because it, uh, does things in little short bursts. And it reminds me a lot of what you said to me. About back when you were uh, selling encyclopedias, yeah. Which your your me- if I'm getting this wrong, let me know. But your method of like you know, no one wants a fucking encyclopedia. Yeah, of course they don't. Yeah. So you go up to them and then you ask them a series of questions unrelated mm-hmm. that all have yes as an answer. Sure. And now you've altered reality <laughs> to the point where like we're in a world where people say yes to things. Yeah. And it's like, do you care about your child's education? Do you care about this? Do you yeah. about this? Yes, 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 yes. Till you get to the point of just like. Do you want an encyclopedia? And we've now changed things enough with short bursts yeah. that like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This all does make sense now. It wouldn't at the beginning of this uh, conversation or two minutes ago, mm-hmm. but it sure does now. Yes. You hypnotize the person yeah. into, into wanting to buy an encyclopedia. It's totally, it's it's completely, yeah, it's complete, it's this mind fuckery. Yeah. Sure. And if yeah. you can do it verbally, you sure as fuck can do it using like the greatest technology in the world, which is the <laughs> internet. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the thing, uh, you know, when you and I went to uh, kind of a uh, kind of cult meeting once, uh, mm-hmm. where it was, uh, you know, fulfill your dreams and whatever, get yeah. your get your shit together. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I brought you along because you had just done all this stuff. Yeah, and I was like, ah, Dave can smell bullshit, whereas <laughs> I might get suckered in. And I did kind of get suckered in. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they sat people on either side of us mm-hmm. who through the whole thing we go, that's a good idea. Good mm-hmm. point. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense, huh? <laughs> ringers. Yeah. yeah ringers. <laughs> and also people who, if we signed up, would get a cut. Yes. Of, uh, of us signing up. Sure. And that was the place that I also saw the very first infomercial I've ever seen, mm. which was, you know, uh, and now let's show you the guy who's running this thing on a talk yeah. show. Well, what's that talk show? Mm-hmm. Well, you don't think there's a fake talk show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, why is this a good idea for everyone? Oh, hmm. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. And even if you yeah, even if you go in sort of skeptical, if they can start making you say yes, which they which they did, you know, that was their the, the beginning of it is to ask you questions that you say yes to. Yeah. Do you want to improve your life? Do you do you feel like you're not reaching your full potential? Blah, blah, blah. These kind of questions like that, they get you Which of course Everybody, Everybody feels that way. Very common feelings. Yeah. And, but yeah, and for me, I know when it was over and I, I, you know, to me, I, it had no effect on me at all. And I said to you, like, wow, what do you think of that? Dude, are you interested in that? And you're like, yeah, I am. I was like, yeah. whoa, what? <laughs> yeah. Cause it was like all shit that I wanted to, sure. to do. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it just rolled off of me, like, what? Cause I guess, cause like, like I, like you said, I had just gone through that sort of training with selling encyclopedias. And I could see the exact same principles of sales being, you know, put to use in this situation. And it does feel like a lot of these people who do these things have studied other um, organizations or whatever that use these sort of techniques, you know, like, say, Scientology, you know, which also uses um, that kind of cold call, yeah. um, you know, way to, like, break down people's, break down people's Defenses? Defenses, yeah. It's a good, break down their defenses and get them sort of hypnotized into the yes 
the yes phase and then sort of slowly introduce uh, insanity. Right. You know, but you do it in such a small, small way that by the time you get to like where it's going crazy, the people are like bought, have bought into it. And you can see that like if you watch a little bit of anything about Nexium, you know, like you mm-hmm. can see where people are, they start off here in a very like well-meaning place and then they get suckered into this thing. And also it, they become like, they become financially dependent on it as well. And so then, then there's more incentive there to like push it on other people. Sure. Because you, you become, you become part of it. And now you're financially dependent on it because you have put a lot of money into it as well. You know, they've taken you for everything you own. Sure, sure. And now you are just like penniless and trying to like. Yeah, you reduce a person's options. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's pretty amazing yeah. to watch. Yeah, you that. put a fake, you put fake potential out there and then reduce options. Yeah. That's right. So all you've then got is the fake potential and you're mm-hmm. like, well, I got nothing else. I've yeah. got to go for this. I remember like when I sold, uh, one day, for one fucking day, <laughs> I was a door to door salesman for like, um, uh, tires. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, the first place that we started was at an arcade. Mm. And it was like, let's just play some games first. And I was like, oh yeah. Cause you're like, like I'm looking back on it and just going like, now we're all in a good mood. Now we're like, mm-hmm. we're kind of like pumped up. Sure. And like, you know, and it's like, yeah, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy some of these machines for the office, you know? Ah, uh, that'd be great, huh? You can play with the games. Ah, oh, that'd be great. And it's like, and it's like, yeah, that would be fun to have like your own machine. Yeah. And you'll be able to afford them. You know, all you got to do is sell a bunch of things. Oh, that's, that's, that makes a lot of sense. This guy's making a lot of sense. <laughs> and of course, then you go out there into the real world and it does make a lot of sense. <laughs> and then when I quit at yeah. the end of day, yeah. uh, Boy, the attitude changed. That <laughs> was a very different person I was talking to than yep. uh, Johnny Pump em Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my yeah. friend, uh, another friend of mine, did a similar thing, and uh, they would all get together, and the and the lead guy would uh, would yell, "Let's get juiced!" beforehand, <laughs> just to get everyone juiced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's part of the thing, or just bullying. Yep. You know, like when a little I, bit of shaming. Yeah, when I was selling books, there was a lot of bullying and shaming of nice. guys who weren't weren't meeting quota. You yeah, know, yeah, they're weak. And even they're when not you're real men, and even when you're selling, you still have to like get on the phone with like some higher up who like talks to you on the phone and and says, "Well, you, you know, you're doing pretty well with your sales, but we'd like to see you step it up a little bit more." Sure. And you're just, you know, in your mind, you're just like, "What the fuck?" Like, I'm just trying to get by. I am. I don't even care about this stuff. Like, I'm just trying to like get food and get home and i'm trapped i'm trapped because i can't afford a yeah. bus ticket back yeah. to reality we have cut off your options yeah so i'm just stuck here yeah you know? and uh, i'm doing the big bare minimum i'm doing the bare minimum to get by here like sure. i don't want to i don't want to do this but you know i you know i would just like i would go around like you know do the rounds and then i would like just go sit in an apartment building on the stairwell and read where it was warm. <laughs> I just do that for like two hours. Yeah. And then I just go back, you know, and I would try to sell like, you know, every once in a while, cause I still had to pay for the motel and I had to pay for food and stuff. So I did need to have sales, but I just tried, I just wasn't interested at all in like pushing this or going forward with it. You know, this is, is awful. Yeah. I did a, I was part of a theater company as well. That was a little culty and they said they'd pay us and then they didn't pay us. And, uh, and, and yeah, and, and that they didn't pay us and that like I had to travel, uh, from the suburbs to, you know, North van, mm-hmm. uh, and I couldn't afford it. I just couldn't, I was just, I was just so painfully, painfully, painfully broke, uh, that snapped me out of it. Yeah, yeah. But you know, uh, to the rest of the, so I, and so I ended up like bailing and I didn't bail as in like, Hey everybody, I quit. Like I <laughs> left a message on the answering machine because I knew yeah. it's a cult. 
Mm-hmm. And like they're gonna, they're gonna whole, you know, they got their ways of yeah. like guilting you sure. and praising you, and I'll be like, oh, you're such a necessary part of mm-hmm. this. And <laughs> you're really letting down your brothers and sisters here in the thing. It's just no, you said you were gonna pay me, you didn't pay me. I'm fucking fucking off, <laughs> you know, like a job. You know, you got me for like two weeks of work. Yeah, and frankly, I had I'd worked on another show of theirs behind the scenes for like another couple of weeks. So you got a lot of free work out of me. Mm. So no, no. And I still felt guilty because mm-hmm. I'm sort of part of the cult and I'm yeah, sort yeah. of of that mindset. Yeah. But then, yeah, as soon as I was like, you know, far enough away, it was like, oh, yeah, yeah this was uh, this was for the best. Though the members of the cult uh, kind of, uh, you know, still resented me for years and years and years and years and years. Because <laughs> there's no reason to leave a cult. No. Silly of you. Yeah. How dare you? Yeah. Don't you know that Keith Rainier loves you? It's only looking out for your best interest. Who is Keith Rainier? He is the leader of Nexium. Oh, very good. Yes. He's now in jail. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yes. Many of them went to jail. This was also, I mean, this was also a case with an improv company I was with for quite a while, uh, you know, where there's a very culty mentality behind things that mm-hmm. they're still trying to get out of. Yeah. 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 It's a, one of the things I, in, uh, I watched a little bit of a, of a, a documentary about Nexium, and what, what, one thing I thought that was really interesting is people are like, "We know it's really good at the beginning, but it kind of got twisted by blah blah blah." And you're like, "No, it's it's all this pablum. It's the most pat, self help, yeah. gobbledygook that's meaningless. Just a lot of like, you know, sayings and and well trod cliches that you've heard a million times, just being regurgitated in some yeah. slightly different form. But it's no different than you know, it's like it's not. None of that's going to like enlighten you or make your life better or push you forward as a person, you know, unless you've never heard these things before. But I can't believe you've never heard these things before because they're just common yeah. street level things that everyone would know. And it's just so weird. Like the idea that this is it's like some revolutionary thing and that it was just, you know, it's unfortunate that he, you know, changed and it all got different. You know, no. It was just nonsense. No, this was a bomb from the beginning. Yeah, that's right. It's, just, yeah. it's already, they're just out to get you. And that's just it. You know, like the scarves they gave away or whatever and all the rest of that stuff. It's all there just to, just to bring you in and, and strip you down. One interesting person who studied Dianetics, and not to learn about Scientology, but to learn about the techniques of sales and, you know, uh, cold calls and getting people to buy into your insanity was Charles Manson, mm-hmm. which he read in, in when he was in prison. He read Dianetics in prison, and then when he went out into the real world, he applied that, you know, and well, you could see what happens when you bring a lot of people into your... Because, you know, yes, you just... you Yes, you control people. Yeah. <laughs> I've always kind of felt, and I don't say always, but I felt, you know, over many, many years that, like, I gotta not be a cult leader. There's times where, like, I'm teaching workshops and I'm just like, this would be so easy. I guess at so. this point yeah, right yeah, now, because yeah. there's a hunger there mm-hmm. for for something, and you're just like, you could exploit it so much. It was even like at at VanCaf, I was teaching a not teaching a workshop, but I was leading a, leading a, you're a moderating a, yeah. a moderating a, a thing on uh, kids books. Yeah, and there was uh, people in the audience that wanted to do kids books, mm-hmm. and 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 I was doing things where i was like okay i've got a lot of strong opinions here (laughs) and i could also do some stuff right now that would really get you to my table later on yeah um but like sounds good no it's not good (laughs) but i've got to make sure that i'm 
definitely like throwing the focus over to like everybody who's here at the table, mm-hmm. but also throwing the focus over to people in the audience. Like, what are your real questions of what, what you know, what do you want to do? How do you want to do it? What do you, what's, what's holding you back right mm-hmm. now? Mm-hmm. And then throwing it back to the, uh, the other uh, authors and going, okay, have you had that issue as well? And here we go. And like, or I could just go and here's what you got to do. And, you know, I know there's a lot of people I've seen lead things who have strong opinions, who are just like, we're going to push your opinions of how this all works. And it's like, no, no, no. I got to like actively make sure I divide the focus up and turn this into a discussion and not um, and not a speech. Yeah. 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 Because it'd be, it's so easy to do that. It's so, and it's rewarding because everyone's then looking at you and, mm, yeah, they all think you're aren't smart. You smart. Yeah. yeah that, like, aren't I the smart one? I'm getting all the focus that I like. La, 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 la. I think stand up comics get that, uh, get that too. And it gets very addictive and gets very dangerous sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe that's where their reaction to what culture comes in is this feeling of loss of control of, of an audience because now the audience has an opinion. And you're not shaping it. Mm-hmm. They're shaping what you're saying. And that's the opposite of how it should be. Right. I'm on stage. I'm talking to you. And you're not talking to me. So I shouldn't have to be reacting to your opinions. I should only be feeding you my opinions. And maybe that's part of that, too, is the, the sense of... But the other thing that's heartening about Bank, I have just to go back a little bit. Is Please. What's so... Well, in- actually, just going back about like a minute, I was talking about Bank, I have a second ago. <laughs> Oh, I was listening. Oh, very good. You were not... <laughs> You're getting your speech ready. <laughs> That's right. Uh, what I was thinking about VanCav is that what's hardening about it is that it's a good example of the rubber meeting the road. People taking their concepts and their dream, their these dreams they have, and actually making them practical mm-hmm. and putting them on paper and putting them out there for people to to get. And that's hard to do. It's a big step for people, who, you know, for creative people to take ideas and make them make them. Uh, material and put them in front of people and put them in front of people for sure yeah i mean uh, i'm doing a thing right now where i'm i'm uh, having to pitch things and part of and part of that is like really i mean it's the disturbing thing which you've got to ask for favors Mm -hmm. you got to ask for favors of do you know how to contact this person and do you know how to do this and you know how to do that and then you got to approach them and they don't want to talk to you but you've got to yeah and you got to be like i don't want to bother you but and it's just all this fucking ugly yeah it's so hard but the nice thing about a van cap situation is you've got an idea. Great. Draw mm-hmm. it up. I can't draw real good. Stick figures are fine. <laughs> okay. And it's like, but uh, now I got to print it. How do I print it? Well, you go to a print shop and, and, and you can print it. And mm-hmm. there you go. You can print a bunch of them up. Oh, okay. And then how do I get them to people? How do I get them into shops? You don't. You sit at your table, you put them on your table, people come up to your table, you tell the people what it's about. If they want to buy it, they do. If they don't, they don't. Yeah. The end. It just strips everything out except you and the person and the reader. And so, you know, if you want to be a professional, you're going to have to do other things and you're going to have to add to this. But it's such a great starting spot. Yeah. You know? yeah. Or it's a great uh, thing to do as well as doing the professional stuff having your stuff all together and like sure sure no it's true it's true i'm kind of lucky with sparks because i feel like you know the people i do it with are the people's opinions i value the most so if you guys say the color's great then i go all right that's all like matters i don't Mm -hmm. care i don't care what anyone else thinks about it so that's fine i'm done i just wash my wash my hands of this stuff yeah and i really respect uh nina's uh views on the story so if i run the story by her and she doesn't like an aspect of it yeah uh, 
I'm very open on to hearing like, well, what would you like in yeah. here? What doesn't yeah. work for this? And she does have a perspective that I don't have as well. Mm. And I think mm. that's very, very valuable as well. Yeah. And yeah, when you say that it's funny when you read it, I'm like, oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> that matters a lot as well. That's good. Yeah. It's, I'll say it's endlessly funny to me because I read it a lot when I'm coloring it. I'm like looking at that page for a solid three hours you know, but I can still go back to it later and chuckle at it again. So that's good. It's uh, it's it's tricky too because I try to put like a lot of uh, heart into it as well. Well, I'm that's what like, makes the humor much. Is it? That's I, what makes the humor work, though. Right? I, I agree. Yeah, because it's you like the characters, so their their expressions of humor and stuff like that aren't just amusing to you. They're also you're laughing because you like those characters. You know, and that's very important. Yeah. I think, I think like uh, an example of who does that very well is Pixar, Mm -hmm. where, you know, there's a lot of, uh, we, we talked about this as well at, at Van Cap at this panel about what can you do in kids' comics that, you know, uh, you know, do you have to like really like pull back or whatever? And I'm like, no, I think you got Pixar rules there, Mm -hmm. uh, where, you know, they can start off with something really dark Mm. and then go from there. Or in like the case of like the Incredibles, there's so much murder in the Incredibles. <laughs> they reveal what happened to all the other heroes. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very, very dark. Yeah. And of course, Up starts with one of the darkest, mm. you know, realistic, you know, the thing about mm. how a relationship goes. Like, mm-hmm. whoa. And Wally, oh my gosh, what happened to the world? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and maybe you only get like one gimme or maybe two gimmies or threes. Yeah. Uh, and then you, you gotta do, but, but yeah, that, you can, you can do that. And then you can also, that's a comedy. Like all of them are comedies mm-hmm. that have the darkest material in the world in them. And, yeah. and because Pixar's kind of set that up, yeah, you could do that as well, for sure. Sure. Right from the Toy Story with the going to the kid's bedroom in the first film. I mean, that's a terrifying sequence with all the mangled dolls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, it goes dark. We were talking about, um, about uh, jokes for kids and my, my theory uh, on this, and maybe this is a bit of a speechify, is I feel like <laughs> if you share a joke with a kid, like you don't don't joke at a kid, but like you're telling a joke that a kid gets and mm-hmm. you're laughing at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, that's a sign of respect. Yeah. Like a kid knows that you're respecting them if mm-hmm. you're both laughing at the same joke. Yeah. And if you start off doing that, then you can go into other directions. You don't have to continuously be hilarious. But now that we've got that respect, we can get into other topics that may be a little darker or more serious or what have you, because we've set that tone of we're on the same level. Yeah. You know, there we are. And, uh, and, and that to me is, uh, is, is quite important. I see like a lot of cartoon shows, uh, more so in the past. There's a lot that are better now that, that it was just like, they're just doing jokes at a kid. And mm. it's not jokes for the kid yeah. at all. Yeah. And the kid sees them on a surface level, but it doesn't get them deeply. And eh, it's all just surface, 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 <laughs> surface. But yeah, things like Steven Universe or, you know, uh, or, or even like, um, Gravity Falls, uh, are definitely Pixar. Yeah. It's changed things. And now it's, uh, on the heart. <laughs> I guess, I guess that's good. Yeah. Maybe there was stuff like that when we were younger as well. Uh, sure hard to know it's hard to know like because you grew up with it so it's hard to know like was sesame street for us i feel like it's made jokes for kids not at kids yeah i mean you know? it felt like tv but it also felt like it was it knew who you were and it was making jokes that you, that were like for you like it was yeah. kind of subversive and you know that maybe it was something your parents wouldn't get or wouldn't 
care for. Right. But th- that jokes were for you, th- you know, or, or they respected your intelligence enough to make jokes like that. Yeah, I felt like that with Electric know? Company. Electric w- Company yeah. felt a bit more edgy. That was a step up from, yeah. that was a, and I, I don't mean a step up in quality necessarily, but a step up in, in age. Uh, Electric Company was like, you know, where you went next after Sesame Street. Yeah. Unless you just watched them both like I did, you know. I did. <laughs> yes. Because you've gone from, yeah, you go from Mr. Dress Up, not Mr. Dress Up, Mr. Rogers. Sure. Gentle. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Yeah. Then you go to Sesame Street. Yeah. A bit more edgy. Mm-hmm. Got some Muppets. Got some fast stuff. Yeah. Got guys falling down the stairs. Sure. <laughs> and then you got Electric Company, and it feels yeah. like, all right, now we're now we're here. You know, that uh, Bill Cosby guy's never going to let us down. Oh, wait. It's too bad. Um, <laughs> Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman's fine. He won't let us down. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Everything's fine. Rita Moreno. She won't let us down. No, she's fine. She's great. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Still we'll enjoy good. her on the Rockford Files at some point. <laughs> enjoy her all around. Yeah. I don't have anything to add to the what you said about... Okay. You don't have to. Books. Books like that. You you absolutely... I think you, you're... You don't add, but anyway, that was our story of Van Calf. And we'll probably be back next year. <laughs> I think for sure we'll be back next year. Yeah, I would love uh, love to go back next year. I am very curious when we go to uh, Belgium to see what a Belgian uh, Comic Con is like. I haven't been to a European Comic. Have you ever been to a European Comic Con? No, I've never been to Europe as a comics fan. Ah, do you know what I mean? Like when we went to Paris. Oh, oh. When we went to Paris. I went yeah, yeah. with my family, so yeah, it was like yeah, a family yeah, trip. Yeah. We did go to the art museums and stuff like that. Perhaps relentlessly, the girls would tell you. Um, but we, you know, that was part of our trip. But okay. I remember, I remember walking along the Seine and this guy had a, had a little stall set up. Like he had like a big case mm-hmm. kind of opened on a stand and he was selling the books out of it. And they were all bandesine, like all these kind of very yeah, classic yeah. looking graphic novels. And I just had to walk by, like avert my gaze yeah, because yeah, I did yeah, not yeah, have, yeah. I did not have the budget, you know, to, to buy anything there like that. We were we were barely eating on the trip. We had such a such a low budget. You will, uh, <laughs> yeah. I am now very much looking forward to using a European comic convention. I'm very excited about that. And obviously, very. I mean, excited it's about very it. it's very few superheroes. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. You'll be you'll be going through it and it'll be just like oh, a lot of a lot of Mickey Mouse here. Eh, a little bit, <laughs> but there'll also be like a lot of like uh, characters that you don't recognize. Mm-hmm. Like, who's that guy who's peeing on his own logo? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I was just like, that's a very popular French yeah, character. Blah, blah, blah. Yes, I know who you're talking about. And actually. you'll also see yeah. uh, whatever that uh, looks like a leopard guy. That's oh, Marsupilami. Every whatever. fucking place. <laughs> uh, there will be oh, some Frank Simpsons that will, be, uh, okay. that will be there. Um, cool. uh, and I'll go there and go like, hey, I write this. And they'll go, we did not care. <laughs> I was like, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but you will see a lot of... Uh, so, and then, and then if it's like most of the ones that I've been to, and then like some World War II tanks, what, what are these doing here? There's a separate thing that's also happening here, and they, they just put them next to each other. There's always like another <laughs> festival that's happening. Sure, it's just sure. like, are you guys celebrating World War II? No, but then there's some crossover because some of them had some army comics. So we mm, we tied it in together here. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Yeah. Yes, I'm very... You'll, you'll really love it. I'm you will love the convention. Very excited about this the, whole the, thing. The danger will be... Danger, danger. What do you buy? Mm. It will be dangerous. Like, mm-hmm. it'll be dangerous. There'll be so much stuff that you'll want to buy. Oh, my gosh. Your best bet would be to just take pictures of things and try to purchase <laughs> them later. <laughs> I have been known Promise to... Promise yourself you will buy them later, and you will not. I have been known to buy from uh, Amazon 
Yeah. Uh, friend, uh, fr- Amazon France. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's, it's, it's not that like it's not that bad in terms of freight. Not, it's, it's, not, not, it's not. It's not that bad. Not that bad. And I know Amazon is like, oh, Amazon. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, it uh, it will save your save your pocketbook because uh, and you got to because l- normally when you run into stuff here and you go like, oh, I've got to buy these. Mm-hmm. I'm missing these from my collection. Yeah, I'm missing these. And but like you're in a country that has all of them. <laughs> They're yeah, all so here. Ew. Yeah. 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 I'm sure like just going to the Tintin Museum, I'm sure there's a gift shop. And that's going to be the most dangerous gift shop in the world. <laughs> that's one thing I'm sad about is that we didn't get to go to England this in March was that I really was looking I was really looking forward to going to the Tintin shop. Yeah. In Covent Garden. Yeah. Partly because we've had contact with people who work there and stuff like that through Totally Tintin. Oh. So it would yeah, have been yeah. kind of fun to to write and say, "Hey, do I do this podcast coming over if you, you know, Bring some well, stuff. we definitely we definitely should let the museum know that we're coming mm. when we're coming, mm-hmm. uh, and have them go. What? <laughs> um, we're suing you. Yeah, pretty what? much. What? Yeah, yeah. That uh, <laughs> that logo. We have some words. I'm like, uh, and then uh, go like, who are you? And I go, I'm Torin Atkinson. And he's <laughs> Joeful. We do a podcast called Caustic Tintin. <laughs> Here, here, here's a website. Let me direct you to it. Uh, actually, you know, we have a lot of listeners who... Um, oh, wait. When Torrance said he's getting the band back together, did he mean his musical group? I believe so. Oh, okay, never mind. Oh, did you think he was bringing Caustic Soda I thought maybe the, the, the podcast was coming back again. I think they did bring them back recently. Well, they just did a, like, a one-off because one of their more popular contributors was, past, was That's right, in the yeah. midst of, of dying. I had cancer and was was going through that, which I've not listened to, but that sounds very interesting. But also something I don't need to <laughs> experience again. Yeah, understood. <laughs> understood. <laughs> but I would, it would be interesting to to hear someone's take on that going through it. I imagine being a caustic soda person that they didn't have much spiritual take takeaway. I don't know. I don't want to. I, d- I don't want to prejudge it though. They would, yeah. I don't want to prejudge it because. You never know what how you. But feel. if that is something you want to listen to, then uh, then definitely do that. But listen to the rest of us first, <laughs> please. Yeah, uh, we have we much ask. more to say. But no, we don't really. All I got to say is uh, I tried sardines for the first time yesterday. You tried sardines for the first time yesterday. I haven't had sardines before. So you opened like a tin of sardines. I opened a tin of sardines. Is You're it, right. I peeled. I peeled. Because when you had to peel key. back with a key, you bet I did. Wow. Peel that sucker back. Yeah, yeah. And I put it on some bread. Okay. So good. Salty? Not too super salty, but okay. I had a lot of other stuff. First of all, I put a little bit of uh, mayo on there. Had a little basil. Okay. Uh, and a lot of cucumber. Okay. And then I, I had pickled some onions, and so there's pickled onions on there. Uh-huh. And, yeah, I mean, honestly, it feels like I'm covering the flavor. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, and then sardine. sardine well, what it, it was a sardine uh, tartan. Tartan? 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 Sure. Or, yeah. I mean, it's probably tartan. One sounds like a tart, and one sounds... Uh, but, but it has like, an E on the end, right? So it'd be like tartine. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, but it's on, it was on a really nice... My neighbor made some bread. It's really good bread. So okay. I had it on some nice toasted bread. That's nice, that's nice. And uh, real crunchy. And, uh, oh, man, it was so, uh, so good. Mm. Yeah. Mm. We, uh, went was it for fishy a, tasting? Not, you know what? It was... Uh, it was as mild as tuna, honestly. Okay. It was like it was it was it was similar to canned tuna, huh. with like a little bit more of a flaky uh, taste. It was it was a little less structured yeah. than tuna, but it had a very tuna, uh, like good tuna taste. So when you open the can of sardines, yeah, 
And I've only seen... Was it like a can of whoop-ass? <laughs> <clears throat> there was no heads. There was no head. Okay, I was going to ask, because when you see it in cartoons, there's my only experience in sardines. Yeah. There's always like whole sardines. No, they know what songs. North Americans are all about. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank goodness. No, it looked just like little fil- fillets, and it was really easy to like just put them on there. And mm. uh, Yeah. Mm. I, I I know you're not a fish guy, but do I'm you not like, a fish guy. Do you like tuna? I do like tuna. Like I mean, I like tuna salad. So yeah, you know, I like I like tuna with mayonnaise and with. This well, is the thing. Mayonnaise. It's all with, the things, right? I should oh, like I also, with mayonnaise. I like with Miracle Whip and pickles. I also so, put yeah. a little bit of lemon juice on there too. Mm. I will uh, I will uh, I will attest to that. <laughs> uh, but uh, goddamn, it was uh, really yeah, it was really yeah. really tasty. Those those pickled onions were great. Yeah, well, I pickled. <laughs> I pickled the onions a while back. Okay, and 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 that was. I'm I'm reading this uh, book that's like a look inside chefs' fridges. Okay, and so then they break down what chefs uh-huh. have in their fridges. Okay, and then uh, it's like things they throw together like during the week with yeah. stuff that's in yeah. the fridges. And that was one of the things. Like we got all this stuff, so man, we do this stuff. And it was uh, it was really good. Do you remember when when the when, well when the girls were little? Yeah. And they were smaller then. They were much smaller and right, e- easier smaller. to control. Oh my Now they're impossible. They're just never mind. Never mind about it. Oh, you got to see Mary this weekend. Yes, that was she very seen, nice. Seen her for a and while. And we got to go to uh, Old Spaghetti Factory. That's right. Which, holy shit, did not change an inch. Has not changed at all. Not an inch. But what was like? I think like I was like, it's pretty crowded in here. I hope there's no risk of COVID. And I'm just like, but there's no COVID in here. Yeah, because we're in a time warp. <laughs> Nothing has changed at all, except maybe the soup's a little different. Yeah, yeah. No, the menus is basically the same. They maybe dropped a couple items and added a couple things. But yeah, yeah you it's can't just... smoke in there anymore. <laughs> oh, you couldn't. I don't know if you could smoke in there. No, anymore. I don't. You can't smoke in there, obviously. But yeah, it's it's very similar. But it's it, one thing that was interesting about it just to go. I, I was, Please. Oh, I have things I was going to say, and now I can't I remember what it was. I'd love to hear them. But anyway, um, what if that was in? We had gone to what we like to call, as a family, like to call Old Spag Fac. Okay. The Old Spag Fac. Uh, yeah. Last week, we went to one in Langley, which is built in kind of like a, it's that style of restaurant where it's like you're eating in a warehouse, like in a warehouse, but like a, some kind of a commercial space with a, a lot of vents over your head and open plumbing and stuff yeah. happening around. And, and, and you're just kind of like, what's going on? Is there no ceilings in this yeah. world anymore? Are there no workhouses? Are there no workhouses? Uh, and I thought it was just so-so, uh, you know, as things go. But what's funny is that when we went to the one in Gastown, which is like your traditional yeah. old spag fac yeah. with all the antique chairs and tables and Tiffany lamps hanging and possibly plastic ferns hanging down and a, and a, a no longer used trolley car parked in the center of the restaurant where people can eat in it. Just all that kind of... Yeah. Uh, food for all uh everything tasted better yeah in that situation you know because it's just more the thing that you remember from eating there as a kid you know yeah which as a kid we always went to the newest minster uh old spag fact that's where we always went but yeah it was uh it was that was fun and i can't remember what i was gonna say but i had some point to make but it's all right it's just throw that out the window I was just looking at when uh, Old Spaghetti Factory rolled back their prices to their original 1970s menu. Uh, they did it for one day. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay. So, they had their all-inclusive spaghetti entree. Now, what do you get with that? You know what you get. Sure. You get yourself some bread. Get free get bread a, with, get, with garlic butter. Yeah, you're going to get salad. Well, back then. You got two butters. You got, got two plain butter. butter. What the fuck? Why even bring that out? Yeah, why are we doing this? And then garlic butter. Yeah. Then, number two, you have your salad. 
which I would traditionally have with French dressing. Can't get that no more. Oh, really? You're French, a French dressing guy? French dressing's off the menu. Never liked French dressing. Only at the Spaghetti Factory because it's old school. Went with Thousand Island. It's okay. Thousand Island is great at yeah. Old Spaghetti Factory, but okay. Then you get your entree, whatever your entree, your entree is. Whatever like it is spaghetti yeah. entree, what mm-hmm, have you. Mm-hmm. And then for dessert, you get your choice of ice cream. Yep. Uh, you get like, uh, was it Spumoni or? Spumoni or vanilla. Very good. Okay. And what's the choice there? I mean, Spumoni, obviously. That's right. And then also you can have free coffee or tea. Which I did not know. And I partook for the first time of, uh, of the free coffee. Because when I was a kid, the most grueling an horrible part of a, a family meal. And we went out once a month, maybe, to a restaurant. Maybe every two months. We weren't, okay. like, regular goers. But the part that was murder was after you ate, because that was what you were there for. Sure. Wolf this down and let's get the hell out of here. But no, that's when my parents ordered their tea. And my mom would smoke her cigarette and have her tea. And my dad would have his tea. Yeah. And we would just sit there, like, and so uh. bo- it's so boring. It's so yeah. long. And such a, why are we having tea? Like, you have tea at home. And yeah, that was always so, you know, but that's part of the meal, having your tea or coffee after the meal is over. So, very, uh, very civilized. So, uh, Spaghetti Factory opened in the States first in 69. Okay. Uh, then opened in 70 in, uh, in, at the location we yes, went to. Yes, Gaston, yeah. Um, but, uh, different companies own them. Oh, is that They're right? They're not connected. Oh. Huh. Yeah. They've gone their own routes. Sure. They do their own shit. <laughs> but when, the Spaghetti Factory opened in 1970. Yeah. Uh, and you get, I've just listed all the things you get. Yep. How much was their all-inclusive spaghetti uh, meal? And that, that you know, they, they mentioned at the time here that they included throwback items this time, like spaghetti with chicken liver sauce, which you cannot get now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, how much was a uh, all-inclusive pasta meal at the old Spaghetti Factory, 1970, this is your price is right moment. <laughs> Try to get as close as you can without going over. I'm going to guess $3. I'm sorry, you went over. I went over. Sorry, you went over. Oh, my gosh. Would you like a second guess? Sure. I guess. Uh, remember, don't go over. Okay. <laughs> uh, how about $2? Uh, you went over. <laughs> what the heck? Uh, it was $1.75. Ah, oh, it was pretty close. But yeah. bum, 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 bum. Bum. And we'd Loser. say you have a chance on the wheel, but it's 1970, so the wheel hasn't been invented yet. Please fucking leave. <laughs> I'm out of here. Here's a pack of Slim Jims. Off uh, you go. Slim Here's Jims. a bottle of hooch. <laughs> and uh, some, get a bottle uh, of high karate uh, cologne. And the take home game. There you are. <laughs> this was an embarrassing thing. Back uh, when I was a youth, yes, a uh, junior high youth, I yeah. would go to see um, uh, the Alan Thicke show, and I'd go see Don Heron show mm. uh, at BCTV. And quite often, I would win prizes at the end because they would give away prizes. Yes, quite often, mm-hmm. those prizes included underwear. It was probably <laughs> the underwear I wore most often through my early teens. Was uh, underwear I got from Alan Thicke. <laughs> What kind was it? Hanes or Fruit of the Loom? Do you remember what kind it was? You know what? I don't remember specifically, okay. but it was comfy as fuck. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. That's good. That's a good thing. Really, really nice underwear. Are you a uh, are you a boxer or are you a bikini brief kind of guy or a boxer brief kind of person? I am normally a boxer brief person. Okay. Uh, in this in this case, it was uh, briefs. Yes. that I was getting for free. Yeah, yeah. I'm a briefs guy. And I think you that's, don't got time for the boxer. I don't have time. Lifestyle. Well, the thing is, like when I grew up, pants were so tight. How s- tight were they? So stupidly tight that if you wore you boxer tell your briefs, religion from across the well, street. that's the thing. And, and <laughs> if you wore like boxers or boxer briefs, they would roll up in your pants when you pulled them on. 
Roll up, roll up for the mystery tour. <laughs> it was a mystery tour, all right. And yeah, it it's was coming to take you away. <laughs> it's just too much. Like so, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I am to this day a bikini brief guy. Although I, I do, I have sort of added boxer brief briefs to my wardrobe because they are better for uh, walking or running in if you're at the gym. We do not have any sponsorship from me undies, but I will tell you right now. That's what I use now. You use MeUndies? Yeah. I don't know what I use. I just buy them at the store when I go. I get them online because I like podcasts. Okay. I get the discount from whatever podcast, <laughs> and I'll order a bunch. Yeah. And uh, they usually have a bunch of weird designs, which is why occasionally I'll be wearing Rolling Stones underwear. <laughs> Am I a huge fan of the Rolling Stones? Nope. But yeah. you're representing. There was a time period. There's a couple of time periods. Yep. Where like I was like, oh, I'm not feeling great because of you know whatever's going on. And I'm like, well, if I end up in an emergency, I better have better underwear than this. Because I don't want yeah. – I, li- I literally do not want to have the unicorn rainbow underwear mm. in the emergency and have them go, huh? Because that's, <laughs> that's like just a beat of distraction that yeah, might be yeah. the difference oh, between yeah, life and death. That's true. That's true. You wouldn't want the You don't want a second of just like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Oh, too bad. We could have <laughs> saved his life, but we didn't because we were looking at that. <laughs> just miss it by that much. Yeah. That would be sad. Yeah, I'm afraid that my underwear is just boring old. One one color, that's all. Oh, speaking of uh, things that are uh, not boring. Oh, that just made me like think my of, underwear. Well, I was thinking like we should make sneaky dragon underwear. But then I thought mm. to myself. Yeah. By the way, yeah, I like that uh, online um, I put up uh, one of your old uh, title cards and uh, Colin Upton, a local cartoonist who was at VanCaf, yeah. uh, said, oh, I wish David would do uh, one of this, and it was the famous uh, black cat yes. French poster. Yes. And I was like, well, he's done one of those. I wasn't <laughs> sure whether he was being sarcastic or not. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, he's done one of those. What? And then you put it up, and he was like, whoa! <laughs> and, uh, yes. yeah, because he was wearing, oh, yeah, he was, like, doing a video, and he was wearing one of our shirts. Yes, he was wearing the Clockwork Orange. Yeah, we need to follow uh, up with that guy, because he needs to get one of those uh, shirts. Uh, I was talking to him, and he, he wants to get one, so I will... Double thumbs up? I will uh, make those make those arrangements but uh in the process of printing up the mannequin on the moon uh little uh booklets yes it uh, they've got uh a thing on there where you can make calendars we need to make some calendars for uh, oh, okay this year. we sure. need to get some of your title card images on there but what i what i need from our listeners yes is uh, this yep do you want if we were to make up make up the title card ones i think there should be a theme okay so like the obvious themes are uh, movie parodies, sure. Uh, music parodies, okay, or television parodies. Yeah, probably have some literature parodies as well on there. Mm-hmm. But like of those, uh, what would you prefer for a calendar? Would you like mm-hmm. to have like uh, Sneaky Dragon music parodies, uh, movie parodies, television parodies, or literature parodies? Let us know, and uh, we'll make uh, we'll make one up this year. And then you got to buy them. <laughs> make sure you buy them. Otherwise, we'll be here looking like fools. Fools, I tell you. <laughs> well, that's pretty normal, so yeah. we'll be used to it. Yeah, I think it's about time that we did that. Yeah, that'd be fun. So you did you get yours printed online then? We uh, filled out everything online, yeah, and then uh, went to the print shop and then to... Uh, then somehow to, like, pick them up, yeah. we had to, like, scan something... And uh, then a person came out, Willy Wonka style. It was just like, uh, <laughs> yeah, there was like no way of walking yeah. into the into the place. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was interesting. 
Oh, I saw it. And it's a very colorful building. Like it's a it's an industrial area, and then yeah. this one building is all rainbows. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what's this about? Well, the box was too. So I guess maybe it was like the box that you they came yeah. in. Okay, it reminded me of uh, when I used to pick up our shirts. Yes, and you know, it's like the one colorful. You know, it was like a like a, a unicorn shitting rainbows or something yeah, on the yeah, door. Yeah, uh, but like in again an industrial area, and this one weird building is yeah. there. It's like. This is the one for us. Mm-hmm. Then we go inside and they go, we love your shirts. And I go, oh, that's <laughs> nice. Yeah, that was a good uh, good place for shirts. Unfortunately, they stopped uh, They stopped making them. They stopped the process there. Because they had the, uh, I can't remember what it's called now. There's some sort of thing where the the, the, the colors are like embedded into the material. It's not, okay. just like a, it's not like some kind of plastic transfer that's like just stuck onto the material and will wash off as you, as you uh, go. It's like, like, I can't remember, it has some name for it, but it's like, yeah, it's just like embedded into the material. Okay. And it's really durable and lasts a long time. So I still get them that way. I just can't get them from that place. Yeah, we still have some shirts kicking around here. i got to find the bag of them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think like one of our first van caps, we were like uh, really pushing the shirts. We tried. Yeah. It's just hard to do because, it, well, you just end up, you know, with, uh, you know, everyone's sort of one size and then you end up with like a lot of the wrong sizes yeah. left over, so... Yeah, it's one of the things where you need to like do research or something, <laughs> or maybe it's just like through trial and error. But yeah, yeah, but in some effort, yeah, we don't want to do that. No, no. Yeah, as you so can tell from life. this, yeah, we don't want to. <laughs> There's only so many hours in the day. You know, you can't, you can't, can't be all effort. Yeah, like I want to have effort. a shirt uh, with Sneaky Dragon going, uh, smoking a big joint, and just going woke culture, more like tote culture, <laughs> and it's uh, like right on. Right? 420, blaze it. Yeah, blaze it. I think that says everything about what we believe on the show. <laughs> yeah, woke culture, more like wake culture. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's my thing. Are we too early in the show for music? Oh, it's never too early for music. Fantastic. I'm going to get another soda pop. <laughs> set her up. All right, I'll, up. I'll set it up. I'll set it up by saying, first off, that... Uh, I kind of forgot about the music this week because I don't know why, but I did. And uh, Ian wrote to me today and he said, "Hey, are we doing music today?" And I was like, "Uh, um, yeah, I I am going to do that, but I better get some songs and I'll send them to you." And so I, I luckily on my phone I have like a little list app where I keep lists that I make, and I had uh I had a I had one in there. But I I haven't had time to do much research on any of these, so I, I apologize for that. Okay. Everybody, I apologize for that. I but... apologize for the sound of a Coke opening. Oh, oh dear! Not a not a cherry Pepsi. No, not a not a slice. <laughs> so, if you remember back a ways, I'm not too sure too sure when it was. We did a uh, top five songs featuring real people's names. Oh, yes, I do remember that. And that was, I, I said that was part one. And then forgot about it. No, I didn't forget about it, but I just kind of had one in my pocket. I thought it's a good thing to have one in my pocket. I have a few of these in my pocket. I'm always a little ahead of where, where we are. But unfortunately, when I, when I didn't have my other ones on this list, the other ones I've been working on at home. So this was the one list I had a complete five songs for. Okay. And I was like, I'm in. So, um, so let's start off here. This is, a. Uh, a band that I was very keen on back in the in the 2000s. 
Uh, they're a band from from the north of England, All right. from Sunderland. The, they're called the Futureheads. Uh, their name taken, of course, from well, not of course, like their name taken from the album by that band, whose name is. I'm just trying to think of it right now as I speak okay. to you. I, I'm, All right. I've got like the album. Their albums in my. I can like, see their albums. You know, like Yoshimi versus the Robots or okay. whatever. But what is the name of this this group from Tulsa, Oklahoma? What is the name of this group? Come on, everyone. You're yelling. We, at- you all know what it is. And I, for some reason, I'm having like a mo- like there's like I was like I was looking at a the sun, and now I've got like this sun shaped hole in my uh, my vision. It's I have this sun. I have this band shaped hole in my memory because I can't uh-huh. remember the name of this group. One of the latest concerts I've ever been to because. The, Not as in the most recent. The opening started. Yeah, the opening act started like normal time, nine okay. o'clock, let's say. Did their set, forty-five minutes, you know, whatever, and then we waited another two hours for the group to come up on come out on stage. Oh dear! And it was a good show, but it was a long wait, a long wait. That is too long. And they also they also shot confetti cannons into the audience, and I w- had confetti in our house for the next two years. <laughs> it would just kind of mysteriously appear. Maybe fall out of your shoes or it would be in a coat somewhere. You didn't know where it was going to come out. It just suddenly it was there. Okay. Anyway. Um they did an album called Hit the Head. No. Oh, I can't really know what the album's called. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They they stole a name from this band whose name I can't remember. It's just what a what a story. <laughs> I can't believe I, people, I, you know, this is the kind of stuff people tune in for, this sort of deep, deep dives into nothing. <laughs> anyway, this is the Future Heads. By the way, Deep Dive Into Nothing is a good podcast. <laughs> is there a podcast called it? No. Oh, it should be. Yeah. That's pretty much us, really. Yeah. Deep Dive Into Nothing. Uh, maybe that's what we'll say from now on. People say, what's your podcast about? We'll say it's a deep dive into deep nothing. Dive. Uh, this is the Future Heads from their first album, The Future Heads. And the song is Man Ray about... The surrealist photographer, Man Ray. Here we go, everyone.
we're back. We're back. Ian, did you get a chance to listen to these songs? I know I threw I them, threw them in your lap. It sounded like uh, a song I liked in the 80s. It, uh, it, it reminded me of uh, songs uh, when I would come home and my roommate would be playing songs. Okay. I lived in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely these, these guys were kind of, uh, they're kind of borrowing from post-punk. In fact, the album was produced by uh, the gang of four guitarist Andy Gill. So mm-hmm. he was... Bringing, I guess, his own his own kind of aesthetic to the to the mix, but these guys were perfectly happy to to do it. Really good live act. I think I think in like one year we saw them three different times. Lisa oh, and I wow. just just through circumstances. Okay. They're, they're backing other bands, and then they kept showing up in town, and we're like, we're going. We might not even stay for the for the main act. We might just go. We might just leave. You never know. You never know. You don't know what we're gonna do. No, good zig, might zag. <laughs> might zig, we might zag. Uh, good friends with another band I love, whose name is. You know, that band. Yeah. <laughs> Can I remember anything today? Is it tiredness? Could Film, that be what it is? Did Film, I get up this Film morning at Flowers? four? Did I wake up before this morning? Okay. What's the, uh, what's the, where do they, uh, where do they come out of? Oh, they're from England, uh, Northern England from Sunderland. Sunderland. Yeah. And you know that band, Field Music. That's who I'm trying to think of, Field Music. They're friends with them. One of the guys is in Field Music. Field Music? Yes. Thank you for reminding you're welcome. me. You're welcome. I mean, you're, I mean, thank you. Sunderland Band. Fun, fun song. All right. Second song, another song featuring a real person's name. This is uh, this is the Modern Lovers, which of course featured top five favorite Jonathan Richmond. Okay. Normally, I don't like to play artists so close together. I know he was on our last last list, but you know, I told you how desperate I was to get something together. <laughs> so this is how it's going. So anyway, this is the Modern Lovers. Um, never released at the time it was made. They the Modern Lovers were. Which, as I said, featured featured um, Jonathan Richmond, but also featured David Robinson, who would later go on to play drums for the for the Cars, okay, as well as um, oh, I can't remember his first name now. His last name is Harrison, but he went on to play keyboards in Talking Heads. Ah, sorry, I can't remember. My memory is so bad. I woke up, like I said, I woke up this morning at four. I had needed to get to work. Or I need to get to work at six. And then my alarm went off at four, and I realized I had said it Jerry a half an hour. Harrison. Jerry Harrison, thank you. I realized I, I was wanted to say Jimmy Harrison. I knew that was wrong. That'd be wrong. It was wrong. It was wrong. You're right, Jerry Harrison. Thank you. And uh, by the way, he looks like a Jerry Harrison. Mm. Like you look at a picture of him, and just like that's Jerry yeah. Harrison. I do know the bass player was Ernie Brooks in the Modern Lovers. Why that stuck in my head, I don't know. Oh, it's fine. But anyway, um, I woke up at four this morning. I set my alarm a half hour early. Mm-hmm. Uh, I meant to, I should have set it for 4.30, but I set it for 4. Oh. So then my alarm went off. Oh. And I was sleeping on the couch because Lisa's been sick. Yeah. So I'm, we're not sharing a bedroom right now because she's got a bit of a flu. Oh, I'm and sorry so, about that. yes, it's not, not nice. And, uh, so then the alarm went off. And so then I was like, well, I'm just going to lay here and fall back asleep. But then the sound of my alarm woke up Albert, who then sat downstairs and was whining because, you know, as soon as he was woke, woken up in the morning, he thinks it's food, feeding time. Although it's four in the morning. It's not your feeding time. <laughs> so then I was trying to like sleep, but he was whining. And so I, I couldn't sleep, but I was just laying there like angry at him for whining. And I was like, oh, I just want to go downstairs and pour a cup of water on his head, which I didn't do because I was too lazy to get up. And then I just got up and went and fed him anyway. So he didn't get a cup of water in his head, Aww. but he deserved it. The stupid whiner. Anyway, uh, this is the Modern Lovers. <laughs> with Pablo Picasso from their never released until much later album recorded in in the mid 70s by three different people including uh John Cale from the the Velvet Underground a band that Jonathan Richmond loved 
but this is from the sessions produced by Seenster, uh, composer of Ellie Oop. Oh my gosh. No. No, I can't no, remember his name. No. All right. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm going uh, dementia is not far away, folks. Honestly, I think I think what you gotta do is just make up names and go correct me later, folks. <laughs> and every time you give me a correction, I will send you, I don't know, a donut, like something. He was, he was also the Sven Golly who put together the runaways. Okay. It's all right. You don't have to remember everything. Anywho. It's okay. Let's listen to Pablo Picasso with by uh, the Modern Lovers with Jonathan Richmond. Here we go, everyone.
to pick up girls and they get called an asshole. This never happened to you. Pablo Picasso, he could walk down your street. And girls could not resist the stare and so Pablo Picasso was never called. What do you think of this song? Here's my problem with it. Okay. Uh, they keep repeating Pablo Picasso was never called an asshole. Yeah. Of course he was. <laughs> there's, there's a no, lot of, there's there's a no lot of people who thought Pablo Picasso was an asshole. They might have. At every stage of his goddamn life. <laughs> he went through a lot of periods. He went through a blue period. I don't know. But he never went through a not an asshole period. Apparently... No one ever called. No Pablo one Picasso? ever called Pablo Picasso, Pablo Picasso an asshole. An asshole. Yeah. Disagree with the premise behind this, but it's catchy. <laughs> That's no. A lot of people. <laughs> All right, let's go into our third song, everyone. This is our Please. third third top five songs featuring a real person's name. Right. Part two. This is a a song by an artist I I love very much. This is Phil Oaks. Okay. Who was a was a folkster? Was a folky? Did a lot of very topical songs. An oaky, an oaksy. He's an oaksy, yes, oaksy yeah. from Muskoks uh-huh. from Muskoksy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and uh, which he he did a live version of that song on his uh, album uh, uh, Shootout at Carnegie Hall. Oh, neat. But this is from his final studio album, Greatest Hits, which on the back has the classic. Uh, Take on the Elvis Presley album, fifty thousand or fifty. Forty thousand Elvis fans. Forty thousand Elvis fans can't be wrong, or something like that. And yeah. It says fifty Phil Oaks fans can't be wrong. <laughs> but uh, That's good. yeah, now, this is uh, Jim Dean of Indiana. Okay, uh, I think a very melancholy song. But let's give it a listen. This is Phil Oaks. Lost in dreaming 
He never seemed to find a place With the flatlands and the farmers So he had to leave one day He said to be an actor Once he come back to the farm With starlets from the stages They locked themselves inside his room The people turned their faces A neighbor run from the movie house Chickens they were scattered He swore he saw upon the screen Jim Dean of Indiana He played a boy without a home Torn with no tomorrow Reaching out to touch someone A stranger in the shadow The winds lows left for the movie town They drove across the country They hoped that he would stay around And they hoped he would be friendly He talked to them for half an hour But he was busy racing He left for the grapevine road They left for Indiana Then Marcus heard on the radio That a movie star was dying Turn the tenor way down low So Hortense could go on sleeping It was not until they reached the farm Where the hired man was waiting The wind was silent through the grain It was just like they had told him They buried him just down the road A mile from the farmhouse That is where I placed a flower For Jim Dean of Indiana And what do you think of that? Thought that'd be a good song to have on your soundtrack. But in a movie? Yeah. Get that one on there. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. good mood. It's a very, gotta, very much a mood slow song. Slow things down a bit. Yeah. It's a nice mood. That's it's that's not quite Wes Anderson. No. It's not quite that, but yeah. you know, 
if you're kind of a Wes Anderson light uh, situation, then uh, <laughs> sure, yeah. sure. If you're like, uh, what's the guy's name? Oh, why well, I'm asking you this? Uh, <laughs> the guy who's the lead guy from uh, Scrubs that begins with letter Z. Zach Braff. Braff. Zach. There you go. Something. If you're in a Zach Braff uh, movie, yeah, this is a good song to have in that movie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He he play this. Sure, sure. I could see after that after you've yelled into a void. Yeah. And uh, then you'd uh, then you have this. Yes, uh, Phillips had a sad end to his career. It's one of those people that couldn't quite break break into the mainstream oh. or kind of ever see big sales. Like I say, he started off as a folk star. Actually, did write an, an do release an album called "All the News That's Fit to Sing," because basically he would look at a newspaper and then write topical songs based on what, what was in the news headlines of those days. Okay, but at some point he decided, maybe encouraged by. Bob Dylan's successes to move out of just being like a guy with a guitar and he signed to A&M records and he produced some, some really great albums. He didn't produce them, but he made some really great albums. And, and this album was produced by Van Dyke Parks, who of course worked with Brian Wilson on the smile debacle, but also was, uh, appeared in the second season of Twin Peaks. Oh, neat. Which is pretty cool. What was he in uh, Twin Peaks? He was a lawyer. Uh, defending someone he in a, a trial. Would you say, by the way, Smile is your favorite debacle? Yes, of all debacles, it's one of my favorite debacles, that's okay. for sure. I think, and it's a debacle that I think that can never be properly heard. Like, you'll never he- you'll never hear anything from it. Like, something like, like Pete Townsend's debacle, Lifehouse, which was, you know, started off as like a, a huge, sprawling double album, called, and then was, you know, kind of winnowed down to to become who's next and sort of the the best or the or the the songs that they thought were best were kind of put onto just one single album you can hear that whole album if you want you can hear all of lifehouse all those songs exist they just weren't used as a as a complete album but smile will never be properly heard at any time ever because how it was made was so impossible at the time and so unwieldy and overwhelming that it just fell apart and, and like, and then just sort of fell through the, the maker's hands like sand. Okay. But that makes it kind of even more magical is that you will, you can only hear glimpses of it and never hear the whole oh, thing. That's nice. And I know that he did an album called Brian Wilson Presents Smile, but it in no way is what Smile was going to be or could it ever possibly be as great as what Smile could have been because it doesn't involve like the Beach Boys of that time period right. in its making, you know? And like, I have listened to seriously, you know, hours and hours of Smile, you know, bootlegs and things like that. Just even just like the vocals, just like bare vocals, just like doing weird things. And I love it all. I love every moment of it, but it can never be, what was going yeah. to happen because it was never put together. It was never finished. It was never really even like finalized ever. So it's kind of amazing. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing we, debacle. Yeah. Uh, a weird uh, uh, question that uh, about a word. So uh, is anything a bacle? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. This comes from French. So I wonder if there was a debacle, debacle, okay. if there was a bacle, I don't know. All right. That's a good question. Cause there are words that we, we we like we say unkempt, but it's very rarely that we would refer to someone yeah. as kempt. But it is a word. Or if uh, you would debunk something, but yeah, you would not bunk something. You wouldn't bunk it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if debunk. I don't know. I don't know. Is bunk like a word like to promote something and to debunk it is to take you know to. I don't really know to be yeah. honest with you. But there are words that we use 
one single form of, but not the compl- not, not the unprefixed there version. There are words of it. we use every day. Some <laughs> of them go this funky way. Let's talk. Uh, no. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go into our fourth song. What? Are we still doing this? All right. <laughs> I was trying to hypnotize you. Oh, well. Yeah, as we talked at the beginning. Distract <laughs> you. Get you over here. I'm you know? immune to that, apparently. Now I'm going to try and sell you some. I am uh, in your power. Yeah, I'm going to try and sell you some comic books. I will buy them. Um, okay, our fourth song is kind of amusing to me because it's by a band, uh-huh. but it's about a member of the band. So oh. it's singing a song about a member of the group. Okay. And basically, the song is about how this person is lonely and <laughs> is looking for a boyfriend, and they want and you know Aww. wants to get married, but you know, and then finally at the end of the song, she finds true love and she finds her partner in love. Okay. And this song is about Rita Lee, who was the singer, uh, singer songwriter, member of the Osmata- uh, member of Osmatanches, okay. the Brazilian. Uh, I don't know how to describe them. They're Brazilian. Dada group, like kind of very surreal, okay. um, very influenced by by Western pop music by the Beatles, by the Rolling Stones, but also combine that in this very interesting way with with uh, form, you know, with uh, Brazilian forms as well, because they're part of Tropicalia, which is that was what Tropicalia was about was okay. about marrying. But what was interesting about Tropicalia is not, and I talked about this in listening parties, so sorry if this is boring to people who know that. But what was interesting about Tropicalia was not that it it didn't like synthesize it it didn't take them and synthesize them into one thing it like layered them Mm. so the two exist simultaneously but almost separate from each other in the music and so sometimes it can be very interesting other times it can be very cacophony or very cluttered feeling and this song kind of falls into that a little bit too and in in some ways it's like it's sort of beatlesque but it's Beatlesque in like that sort of don't pass me by way where it feels very like like the piano is playing in a very kind of uh, slightly behind the rest of the song, and it's very okay. odd. But anyhow, let's give a listen, now that I've built it up so well. No, no, no. Let's give a listen to Rita Lee by Osmatanches. Here we go, everybody. Que 
When I used to uh, take piano lessons, yeah. that's the kind of fun piano I want to know. How to play. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. Like not dunk, 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 dunk. Yeah. Dunk, 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 Yeah, to do some like kind of that bouncy. sort of bouncy, very kind of honky tonk sound yeah. to it with that tack piano sound or whatever. Yeah, that's that's fun. That is fun. Like uh, good to go back to Brian Wilson, like people talk about. Like when he was a kid, how much he loved to play boogie woogie on the piano and just do that kind of big dun 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 Just do that forever, you know, and he just loved to play that sound. And yeah, there's just that kind of sound of piano that is kind of sort of corny, but also kind of fun. And obviously these guys are borrowing from like the, say the sound of the Beatles or what's, what's happening outside of Brazil, but marrying in this sort of fun way to a song that's telling us all about Rita Lee, which I think is kind of fun because Rita Lee is singing the song as well. And, uh, and it's kind of kind of amusing. Okay, I was, I was oh, thinking, uh, you know, uh, the, your categories that you do here. Yeah, uh, they remind me of categories in Only Connect. Okay, okay. you know, <laughs> just be like you play like each of these songs. And yeah, like what do they have in common? They're all people who. Da, da, da. Sure, like, yeah, sure. That'd be interesting. All right, and now this is going to be our our final song. Our final song. Unless you clap your hands, and then there'll be more. <laughs> and this is a. Uh, We've played them before, Australian group that I like very much, The Go-Betweens. This is The Go-Betweens, and the song is Lee Remick. It was a single that came out very early in their career. Please don't ask me when. I, I didn't have time to look these things up. So, I mean, I know that, uh, you know, I kind of know the dates of some of them, but I'm not, I'm not even going to guess. So let's let's give a listen now to, to The Go-Betweens with their song, Lee Remick.
want to die If I touched her, I know I'd want to cry My life is desperation But it's only infatuation I, 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 lovely remix She's a darling Thoughts? Yeah, uh, that was other another good uh, nostalgia. Uh, yes, very eighties. Eighties uh, uh, yeah, hit. Yeah, 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 yeah. You started me off with some eighties, and then you took me back home at the end. <laughs> Appreciate it. It's a nice full circle. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, an eighties that I like, mm-hmm. not the eighties of drum machines and and that really horrible, you know, uh, gated snare sound of the eighties, but just like a nice. It, you know, we say we wouldn't talk about the gated snare sound of the eighties. Yeah, it's, it should be verboten for people to talk about that. But. To me, the eighties, yeah, this is the good part of the eighties. This is the part of the eighties where I wasn't a robot. <laughs> there was a chunk of the eighties where I was multiple robots, <laughs> but this wasn't. This and was as bad. a robot, of course, you you appreciated the gated snare sound. Yeah, but, but I as couldn't a human, feel, I couldn't feel love. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. That's that's and it's the antithesis of love, the gated snare sound. Right, it's the exact opposite of it. That's why it was invented for Phil Collins songs, which are yeah. all about the total antithesis of love. Who's who I was in love with. All right, we've already gotten into it. <laughs> we we've talked about this in the past. We all know that you love Phil Collins. And my, he made my heart go bum, 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 <laughs> All right, everybody. And I said, save me from drowning. He went, no, this is a good idea from a song. And I'm like, well, Okay. <laughs> All right, Ruth, but mention me ruthless. in the song. Mention my name in the song. No, I won't. <laughs> so, oh, no. Ruthless Phil Collins. Wow, I didn't know he was so... Uh, Peter like, Gabriel would have saved me. It's like, well, he's not in the band anymore, is he? I'm like, oh, no. Where's your British accent? I mean, I mean, he's not in the band anymore, is he? Oh, stop it. That's Artful Dodger. I was the Artful Dodger. Yeah, he you're was, right. You were. Child actor. Also uh, was an extra in Hard Day's Night, Phil Collins. Pretty good. What did he do in uh, Hard Day's Night as an extra? He was uh, one of the kids watching them perform at the TV studio near the end of the film when they play it. When they finally get to their song, they get made to the studio and play. He was in the crowd loving the Beatles. This would also be... Required no acting skills. This also would be uh, a good... Oh, that'd be interesting. There's two things. One one would be like a good category for Only Connect. Yeah. It's like, you know, uh, people who are famous who are extras in movies. Mm. And then you do that. And you yeah. Like Ron Jeremy and Ghostbusters or what have you. <laughs> but uh, but you could also have uh, Phil Collins and uh, David uh, David Jones, David Jones, and then Jack Wilde. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what do they all have in common? And it's yeah. like they're former uh, Artful Dodgers. Sure. I think another one would be... Um, yeah. Can you name a fourth? Yes. Yeah, Steve Marriott from The Small Faces, I believe, also did... Uh, Performed as as uh, the Artful Dodger at some point in his child yeah. child acting career. I tried out for Artful Dodger, but I got the role of Charlie Bates. Oh, yeah, and and then uh, some people went, uh, "Oh, so you're Master Bates?" And I was like, uh, "I don't get this joke yet. <laughs> I'm very young and innocent." 
later on, I will slap a knee. But I sang every one of those damn uh, urchin frickin' songs, mm-hmm. except for Food Glorious Food. Oh, we resented the Food Glorious Food Orphans. Those guys get to start the show. <laughs> you got to hang back until, you know, sure. uh, you know things go downhill for good old Oliver. Who but did, then we come in hard. Who did the book for Oliver? Uh-huh. Okay, that's a good question. Who Was it Anthony Newley? Or do I, am I just... Uh, it was Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens. Not that, not that book. I meant the, the book for yeah, the musical, I Oliver. I know what you Oliver. meant. I know what you I'm meant. I'm trying to think of the guy's name. I, I think I can think of who it is. Uh, Lionel, sorry, Lionel. Keep going. Lionel Bart. Lionel Bart. That's correct. (laughs) Finally got it. I remembered a name. Yeah. What a success. I still can't remember the name of that guy who did L.U. Yeah, I sang, uh, I sang, uh, Consider Yourself. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, I'll do anything. Did you do Tomorrow? In, uh, did we do a song from Annie in the middle of uh, Oliver? <laughs> yeah, no, did you do a song from Annie? You know, do you think all the uh, yeah, yeah. all the uh, uh, orphan songs? Are yeah, good? I think they're all one. Yeah. I and they're also, all one uh, whoever from Batman, a song from Batman. Okay, it's also in there. Nice, what, like one of the Prince songs from Batman. Yes, Batman. <laughs> this town needs an enema. <laughs> Batman. Isn't By the that, way, isn't that kind of crazy that? Prince, like, without being invited to, like, wrote the wrote a complete album of Batman songs. Pretty good. Isn't it crazy how much he looked like the Joker when he put on the makeup? And it was just like, make him the fucking Joker. Mm, mm. Look great. Uh, we were watching a, <laughs> bit, been fun. a bit of Batman Returns the other day. Okay. My condolences. Uh, it's not too bad. Okay. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's pretty good. And, and Danny DeVito. The, the, you know Danny DeVito's problem in, in that movie? Yeah. Is, like, he should be in the Adams Family. Okay. Because like you just see him doing all this stuff, and it's like yeah. it, you're Uncle Fester. Like yeah. you would, if you go to the Adams family house, you're a god. <laughs> Everyone would love you. Everything about you is aces at the Adams family. I do like that bit where they're throw, people are throwing vegetables at him, and he's like, "Why do people bring fruits and vegetables to these <laughs> <Yes>. speeches?" <laughs> it's good. It is That's good a, stuff. <laughs> but you got Batman earlier on. He's like fighting. Yeah you know, a uh, gang or whatever. And like, he's, uh, and uh, this guy like, Hey, hit me. And yeah. he's got a, he, earlier, he like uh, d- did something with a bomb and he like, hit me. And the, and Batman hits him. And he's like, ha, 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 ha. and then he look, he points down and he looks down and he's got a bomb on his chest. <laughs> and Batman gives him a big smile and flips him into a chimney and he blows up. And I'm like, Oh, that's pretty cold. Uh, but then later on, uh, Catwoman's about to kill, uh, Christopher Walken. Yeah. And Batman's like, Oh, don't. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't kill. Like, what do you mean, don't kill? You're like a stone cold murderer. What the yeah. fuck are you? Well, it's it's okay like the, for him. It's like the Punisher. He can he can carry the weight, but can she? Yeah, she she's, can. She's she's fine. She is very fragile. She kisses him while like touching herself with a, an electrical thing, and then just like fries him. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah, you you forget, you know, because it's like uh, Catwoman and the Penguin. Oh, yeah. And also Christopher Walken. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Christopher yeah. Walken's in this thing. He's a bad guy. Yeah, he's a good bad guy. That's probably guy. What, where that movie suffers a little bit. Is too many villains is a common yeah. problem with uh, movies. And also, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just go Penguin or just go, uh, or just go, you know. You can uh, do Catwoman. two because Catwoman's a little different than like a normal sort of villain. She's kind of a little ambivalent over. I do love when she breaks her uh, neon display in her apartment yeah. that's hello there to hell here yeah that's very good very smart she gets her powers when cats give her powers go into her mouth and she's like oh i'm a cat now <laughs> all right wow. that's the way gotham works 
That's the way it is. I think that was, I'm trying to think what her origin was in, uh, in the, I know we've, we forget, we try to forget yeah. the Halle Berry Catwoman movie. Okay. I do not remember. I'm sorry. But yeah. I think it's sort of the same. I, I think, think so she too. had like a fall or something like that. And then she yeah. sort of like cats kind of brush against her or whatever. And she was revived with her, with, with, right. with powers. But it's that weird situation where like she's in a world without uh, Batman. There's no, Batman or anything like that, and she's just like Catwoman hanging mm-hmm. out and doing mm-hmm. Catwoman stuff. And it's like, isn't there some sort of back, like some sort of like parasite that cats will give to humans? Yes. Maybe that's what she gets, like, but yeah. a super abundance of it, which gives her cat powers. That would be good. It's a scientific explanation for ridiculousness. It is. She does have one of those characters that uh, you know, if uh, could use the redemption. Of say you know a Spider-Man No Way Home, yeah, yeah, like where they bring all the Catwomen back or something, and they all have to do something together. Mm-hmm. That would be uh, that'd be okay. That'd be okay. <laughs> sure. Ugh. Oh, that. Oh man. Was it 2004? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to see what the plot is. There we go. Mm. All right, she's a meek people pleaser. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. She's friends with uh, Alex Borstein, who does not tone it down. Works for a cosmetic company. Finds out some shit. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. She's, uh, they, they, they try to kill her, and then she is mysteriously revived by an Egyptian Mao cat named Midnight, who had appeared in her apartment earlier. Mm. Uh, from that moment on, she has cat-like attributes. Yep. And the villain is, uh, Ophelia Powers. Sharon Stone. Sharon, no! It's not Sharon Stone? Francis Conroy. Oh, I thought it was Sharon Stone in that film. Uh, oh, sorry. From Midnight's owner, eccentric uh, researcher, Ophelia Powers, uh, she learns about... Uh, fuck all this bullshit. But you're right. <laughs> uh, Sharon Stone is uh, Laurel uh, Headair. That's a terrible name. Uh, and yeah, she is the villain. You're right. Yeah. And I, she's got the powers of just being a person, and uh, Catwoman beats her having superpowers. No shit. What I remember... Guess who wins in that fight? Her. The thing, thing I remember most about that movie is there, there's a... Part of it shot using the uh, chapter store on Robson Street at that time. And the chapter's sign has a letter burnt out in it. And I'm like, you knew they were filming there. <laughs> like, wh- why would you not replace the, the, the light in your Maybe sign? because then it's not a logo. Then it's not chapters if it's got a light burned out. It's chatters or whatever. But it is. You can still see it's chapters. Like, yeah. Like, it's weird. Like, but it's supposed to be a shitty neighborhood, right? Like, life's no, no, shitty, no. and that's no, why... No, 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 she's supposed to be... I mean, it's supposed to be... Uh, maybe, I don't know. But that's not why it's burnt out. It's burnt out. It was burnt out in real life. Mm. And they just didn't get it fixed, even though they were making a movie. It seems really weird. Like, it can't be that expensive to replace bulbs in your sign. Uh, maybe it is. I don't know. It was quite high up in the sky. It was a very... Kind of a weird building. So, the film was originally uh, given an IMAX release. Okay. Uh, with the uh, tagline, Cat... Sure, as in like cat, C A T, yeah, capital C H, catch her in IMAX. I see, huh? Okay, good, got it's it. It's not good at all. Yeah. Uh, but then they <laughs> couldn't get the visual effects in time, so uh, it didn't end up happening. Oh, really? Yeah, it wasn't filmed in IMAX. Uh, did not give IMAX enough time to remaster the film in time for its release. Oh, I see. So, uh, no dice. Wow, what would you say it has on Rotten Tomatoes? Twenty-three percent. Nine. <laughs> well, I don't wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that Rotten Tomatoes is like the scores reflect like reality. No, that's too high. That it, should be at least. Yeah, it should be to, to, to be true. <laughs> yeah, to be to be truly truly honest. Yeah, that's a that's a damn shame. Uh, but yeah, and if you've seen that film, I I am sorry as well. 
You've forgotten it though, right? Like if you were to start listing cat women, you're not you're not listing her, right? That's right. You wouldn't. No, you'd start with Julie Newmar. Oh, oh, we're gonna do all the cat women from the uh, <laughs> from the thing. Oh, okay. So there's Lee Merriweather. Lee Merriweather, Eartha Kitt. Eartha Kitt. Was it just Ju- three? Just three. Yeah, Julie Newmar. Okay. Then then we're going to. Uh, then we're go- then we're going to Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer, yeah, yeah. Then we're going to then we're going to yeah. Then we're, then we're going to Halle Berry, <laughs> Halle Berry, yeah. Uh, then we're going to uh, what's her name from, uh, from Anne Hathaway, Christian, Anne Hathaway, right? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know who the person is in the modern one. The person in the modern one is Zoe Kravitz. Oh, there we go. We did them all. Yay! I still can't remember the name of that guy who did Ali Oop. It's like a song, Ali Oop. Yeah, he wrote the song Ali Oop. And then he also was like the the uh, Svengali of the Runaways, and I can't I can't remember his name. But don't tell me; it'll come, it'll come. All right. If you tell me, then I'll then I'll, I, I won't have remembered it. Okay, I'm not going to tell you. It's a it's a it's a city name. It's a city name. That doesn't oh, help me at all. First name is a city name. Name of a city. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Also, the first name. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, they got a sports team in that city. <laughs> Famous sports team. Yeah, sorry, that could help me. Doesn't doesn't help you at no, all. No, not not at all. Okay. No, it's because I can't remember. It's just like a total blank. So it's just nothing will. will... I'm going to tell you the year the song took place in. What? Uh, Ellie Oop? Uh, yeah, 1957. That's how old Ellie Oop is? The song. Wow. Yeah. It's a song, sorry, it was written in 57, but it was recorded in. By the Hollywood Argyles in 19. The Hollywood Argyles? Yeah. Did the version I know of. Yes, Ellie you're Oop. correct. Because that was the you're version of Dante. You're not confusing with Dante and the Evergreens. No. Because they released a version that went to number 15 on the Billboard. Wow, wow. It was a popular song for covers. You're not talking about the Dinosaurs, No, who also released a version that went to 59 on the same chart. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've actually, I've often thought of like doing like an Ellie Oop compilation of (laughs) versions of it, because it is a very covered song. And it's interesting. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, The Prehistorics released a version in 1960 with Gary Paxton. Okay. How was this version different? The Gary Paxton version? Yeah, where they recorded it with Gary Paxton. That's interesting. Gary Paxton was a producer who did a lot of production in LA. Yeah, he performed lead vocals on the uh, Hollywood Argyles version. Okay, okay. And uh, this helps you. Skip Batten uh, did backing vo- vocals, but uh, it was a bit of a different version. Skip Patton, yep. future, future bird. There Skip Patton. Uh... Their version, was it an instrumental? It was alley-oop, cha-cha-cha. Oh, okay. <laughs> they did it as a cha-cha-cha. Now, here's my question to you. Yeah. Of course, the Beach Boys recorded a version. Yes, they did, on their party album. Right, and uh, it was, yeah, that's right. And uh, and the Kingsmen sure. used, used the melody for which of their songs in 1965? Oh, was it uh, the Jolly Green Giant? It was Annie Fanny. Annie Fanny, I'm sorry. I was just, total guess. They did do a song called The Jolly Green Giant. All right. Way. When did the Bonzo uh, Dog Duda Band's version come out? Oh, that would have been pretty early in their career. I would, I'm going to guess 65? Oh, a little too early. Oh. 66. 66. Ah, shoot. I uh, wish I could help you. Yes, they did a they did a single of Alley Oop. Uh, they also did a single of a song called I'm Going to Bring a Watermelon Home to My Girl Tonight. Well, let me ask you another question. Yeah, sure. All right. You know what? There's also a version by uh, produced by uh, Kurt Betcher, one of my favorite L.A. producers. He he did a version with a group that was called oh I can't remember off the top of my head now. Sorry. Okay. But it's a very bizarre version of the song. So that he always has great covers. Okay. Uh, What band? Yep. uh, That performed at Woodstock. Okay. Also did a version. I guess it would be Shanana. You're correct. (laughs) 
They did one for their TV show. Who else would it be? Was it Jefferson Airplane? <laughs> this one's a little trickier. Okay, okay. Uh, the song fe- is featured predominantly uh-huh. in a Tom Hanks movie. Oh. What Tom Hanks movie... Would feature this song. ...has uh, this song... And I will tell you, Darlene Love recorded the version. That Darlene Love recorded the version. Version that is in this film. I will also tell you yeah. that it was in the eighties. It's an eighties one. An eighties Tom Hanks. Eighties Tom Hanks movie. Tom Hanks lead. It's is it? It's not Bachelor Party. You're correct. It is oh, wow! Bachelor wow! Party. A, a movie I once reviewed for a radio station. Okay. Um, Unfavorably reviewed. That's right. Although I did like Sean Penn. In, oh, not Sean. I like Chris Penn in that movie. It was also on the uh, album uh, Guitar Zan. Ah, Ray Stevens. Ray Stevens. Wow, there's a lot of versions of that song. Right. It's cool. And, uh, oh, well, that is, I, 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 I will disagree with that. What is this? What is that? It's no, the greatest song saying, ever written? Uh, okay, a lyric from it. Yes. A lyric from the song Alley Oop. Okay. Is famously okay. in a David Bowie song. Oh. What would be the David Bowie song? That uses a, uh, a lyric from yeah. Alley Oop in it. It's a very popular uh, David Bowie song. Wow. Uh, I don't know. I just You'd have to give this one a little bit of a think. But once you think about it, you'll go, yeah. But then you're not a lyric guy. So yeah, maybe yeah. Not. That's tricky for me because I am not a lyric guy. Uh, but I'm going to guess, could it be like Suffragette City? It is Life on Mars. Oh, the line is, look at that caveman go. Well, that's from the song. Why do you say, why do you disagree with that? Why do I disagree with yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, I guess, like, I guess, is, is the actual lyric, look at that caveman go? Yeah. Look at that caveman go, alley oop oop. Um, then oop, I'm fine with it. Oop oop. All right. Uh, uh, here's, okay, this one is a bit tricky. Okay. No, it's okay. very tricky. Okay. All right. Uh, there was a song. Okay. Uh, done by Paul T. Clark and Gary S. Paxton. Yes. Okay. Okay. Gary Paxton. And again. it was it was done about uh, a political scandal. All right. Uh, and I'm even going to give you the, the scandal was about. It was Iran Contra. Okay. Okay. What was the parody song they did of Ali Oop? Was it Ollie North? Ollie Oop, I guess. Yes, be. sir. There we go. <laughs> well, okay. There it you go. It was in fact Ollie. Very good. All right. Thank you, everybody. Kim, That's all the time we have for... Kim Fowley. Uh, Kim Fowley was a name I was trying to think of. Uh, who, for? Uh, who is a Svengali for the Runaways and was also involved with Ellie, with the Hollywood Argyles uh, version of Ellie Oop. Oh, very good. He was one of the producers, mm-hmm. but he was not the songwriter. Wasn't the songwriter. Okay. I'm sorry. I no, thought he was like a songwriter. No, would like to know the songwriter's name? Sure. It was Dallas Fraser. Oh, I didn't, didn't know that. He did well. Had a big hit, big novelty hit, and of course... My exposure to this song was originally on Goofy Greats. Okay. The Hollywood Argyles version is on Goofy Greats. So it's it's the, the version I love because I love that album. Who is the creator of Alley Oop, the comic strip? Oh, my gosh. That's a good question. Mm, I wish I could remember. I really like Alley Oop. I have a collection of, I have like one volume. I have like one volume I found at like a bookstore. Mm-hmm. But the guy's name was... Oh, man. I can't remember. V.T. Hamlin. V.T. Hamlin. Ah. Yeah. Well, I'm not too mad at myself because that, that's pretty obscure, but um, I should have known that. That's a really good strip. I mean, I, the ones I have are the time travel ones where he's where he has Una, Ula, whatever her name was, the female cave woman, and uh, who's also like a great character 
Yeah, I like All it. Right. And my final question to you. In the NBA, yes. the alley-oop yes. is also known as what move? I guess a dunk? What type of dunk? A slam dunk or yes, whatever sir. they call it? That is. <laughs> Thanks. I, I'm just an expert on alley-oop. <laughs> that was a lot of good alley-oop talk. I was just listening to the Bonzo singing that song the other day. Who says any of this show is filler? Not you. Look, mm. Dave. Yes. Some people might find our material on this show questionable. Questionable? And I mean, they might have only questions. people who are woke. That's right. And they may have questions about the material on this show and or us and or anything about the show. Or just want us to talk about something they've always wanted us to talk about and we've never got around to it. Yeah. And I say to hell with them. We're not going to do it. <laughs> Well, that's some attitude you have there. I, Unless, I like of course, it. we had an anniversary show or something. Oh, okay. Like some well, kind of well, big how often thing happened. How do those happen? Well, you know what? Every hundred episodes. Oh, kind no. Of, <laughs> it's kind of like an anniversary for us. Okay. And one of the things we've done, starting from episode 50, was to encourage listeners, even in episode 50, when we had about 50 listeners, yeah, we would. There's one for each listener. We, we would encourage them to send us questions, and we would take the time. To seriously answer their questions. We were very serious about it. We were very serious. We make no jokes at all. Oh, my God. Or have any fun at all. Because you know what? We're a couple of killjoys. Right. Well-knowing. There are times where we've had, like, the lead singer for No Fun on, and it's still been less fun when we do that. Yeah, yeah. And that person's literally no fun. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) He is literally no fun. Right. But also kind of fun. He's fun. Like, he's fun. It's an ironic name. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. You don't think so? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. You know what? That's something to, for people to ask about. <laughs> That's right. How would people ask these questions, though, of us? I'm not asking. I'm not asking. Well, you know what? The easiest way to ask us questions, and we've had many people writing in, folks, so I want to thank everyone who sent in their, their, their questions. And let me just tell you, you are in the draw. Your names are in the hat, because every one of your questions equals one ticket in our draw to paradise <laughs> drop your questions we'll leave tonight yep. thank you eddie money former policeman eddie money um i don't know why i remember that i saw him on mike douglas it was mentioned in passing and to this day it sticks in my mind that eddie money was a policeman oh. folks you can write to us at sneaky d at sneakydragon.com that is our email address Probably the best place to send us questions. You don't want everyone else to know the questions. You don't want them stealing your questions and slightly rewording them and sending them in and making you look bad. No one wants that. Send the questions to our email, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com, where several of our listeners have. And as I said, get yourself in the draw for our grand prize, which will be for a T-shirt. Your choice of what you want to have on that T-shirt. Sneaky Dragon logo? Sure. Love it. One of our title cards? Mm-hmm. One of the ones your favorite title card? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why not? Listeners have done it before. Uh, we also have a mug with our logo on it. May, you know, sometimes uh, we can get like little uh, like totes, little tote yeah. bags that have our Lego logo on it. So when you go grocery shopping, proudly tote tote with our with the Sneaky Dragon logo. Yeah. And you know we're gonna put a Sparks book in there, autographed by us. We're gonna have. I'm pretty sure we're going to get uh, our Warsaw Jar Omnibus in yeah. there. And some candy, some stickers, some buttons. DNA. <laughs> unavoidable. Famous for murder. Unavoidable. Buttons. I always poke myself on the on the, the pin. Yeah. You'll, you can uh, frame me for murder. Yeah, that's another possibility. Some sneaky dragon underpants. Yep. We'll boxer f- we'll briefs are regular. You tell yeah, us. Yeah, you tell us. Bikini briefs, boxer briefs, you tell us. I'm not going to do full boxers. No. 
No, those are just for movies where people uh, get locked out of the house. <laughs> yeah. So. So do that. Do those things. So buttons. And then, uh, you know what? We also like to ask you questions. And we did last week. We did last week. So did we get some answers yeah, to our questions? Yeah, we asked what your favorite comedy team was and also something your family did every summer that you always look forward to. And by gosh, you answered us. <laughs> Billy writes us and says, hello, all. Wow. So that's all of us. That's all of us. That is all inclusive. That's the kind of thing we like to see. Yep. We don't like this division of us and them uh, that we were talking about earlier on. This is a hello to all and good good for you, Billy. Thank you. My favorite comedy team is the Marx Brothers, followed by Martin and Lewis. I'm looking forward to listening to your full Marx uh, podcast when I get the chance. I have fond memories of spending a long weekend in New Orleans every summer with my family, mostly in the French Quarter. Oh, that reminds me. I recently listened to your Apple-themed uh, song selections, mm. and I had no idea a Cajun band from Louisiana, the Sundown Playboys, put out a single on Apple Records. I've checked it out online, and now I'm going to have to try to get my hands on a copy. It was recorded at Floyd's Record Shop in Ville Platte, Louisiana, just down the road from me. So that's nice. We made a sale. Thank you. My boss is going to get off my back trying to move that record for so long. You don't even know. If you get a Benet as well, I would appreciate it. Because you get a Benet with every That's fun. Purchase. I'm glad you like that song, too. That's a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the Cajun music. So, uh, By the way, he goes on way, to say, okay. I've, become a mo- I've uh, begun a modified reverse dragon listening. All due respect to Originator John. I listen to each week's new episode, of course, hot out of the oven. After that, <laughs> I'm rotating your past episodes in oh. reverse order with your earliest episodes in correct order. Mm. For example, I listened to episode 525, then 1, then 524, then 2, so on, back and forth. I'll let you know if anything comes of this. <laughs> Probably a stomach That ache. sounds scary. Yeah, it does. Now that you will crack the code. <laughs> uh, it's fun to hear Dave talk about his young children in an early episode. Oh, yeah, that would be interesting. Then hear him talk about them as adults in a recent episode. That's crazy. You're right. You're yeah. right. I don't listen to news in the car anymore. It's pretty much mm. all Sneaky Dragon now and a little music. Oh, that's very, very sweet. Uh, Edward Jorgansky responds to that saying, Billy, your Marx Brothers fandom will burst. When you come to listen to Full Marks uh, with David and Ian. That's how I found Sneaky Dragon in the first place, by searching for Marx Brothers podcast. That led me to Full Marks. Now I'm a card-carrying sneaker for life. Billy says, similar story here. I came for Completely Beatles, never left. I'll binge Full Marks this summer. Billy continues with the same thing again, repeated. That's fine. We repeat ourselves oh, what, as well. I must... I don't know what happened there. I did... It, I, there was one that was asking for approval, and I approved it, and maybe, maybe Billy it. That's okay. Redone it when it's it did right. that. I'm I don't, sure I Billy's apologize. cool with it. Billy's cool with it. Billy's a cool cat. We're just trying to up our, our yeah. uh, you know, it looks like we're more active than we are. Yeah. Trying absolutely. to impress the advertisers, possible advertisers. We want to we want to be advertising underwear. That's right. Me undies. It's all about the metrics. <laughs> it's all about That's what metrics. I've heard. Like all the kids in the hall were uh, tweeting this week saying like, this is the week they're determining whether or not they're going to have their second season. Okay. And it's all about the metrics. Okay. Well, so better, they gotta watch, you got to watch it this week. I better watch it. Yeah. Oh, it's good. Uh, Louise, oh, don't you, don't you really like a Louise? I do love a Louise. We yeah. saw Louise this weekend, actually. We did, and by God. That was very uh, nice. Yeah, we all had some nice treats, and we were at our friend David and Allison's mm-hmm. place, and oh mm-hmm. my gosh, what a pleasant night after, uh, con. Yeah, we were at Van Calf. Yeah. And had a lot of fun, and then we were a little tired, of course. Yeah. Because it is, I know it sounds weird, but it's sort of exhausting doing it is. cons. Like, you know, you're like fully on 
like hacha hacha hacha. I don't want to say a phony. And I'm always saying to you, always be closing. <laughs> and I'm not a phony. Like I'm not phony about it. I do really yeah. like kids, and I love talking to them about the book, and I love showing people the book because I'm a big fan of it. But it's still, you know, it's work. It's like work. Yeah. You know, I've heard of it like work, and but it was fun to go afterwards to have some Toronto style Italian sausage sandwiches. Very good. Those were fun. Yeah. And then we, Lisa brought up one of her famous trays. Amazing. Which are always fun to, to have a little bit of. Rhubarb pie. And we had some rhubarb pie from Louise, Louise and Jackie. And that was really good as well. So nice with, with some homemade home, ice cream. Homemade ice cream. My gosh. I was so mad at Jackie that she could just make ice cream at home. Well, you can make ice cream. I know, but it's, I don't, I just don't. So I'm just. Oh, well, that's a different situation. I'm just mad at people who just can do things like that, just competently All right. approach life with courage and just knock, <laughs> knock it out of the park. It, it, it Whereas is. Whereas mine would just be a disaster. It I is, know it. it is ice cream. I would be I don't a disaster. Know you're approaching life with courage. Making it is ice amazing. This is amazing that you make ice cream at home to me. Is I've, I've made ice cream and I'm a coward. That's crazy. Okay. And you're a coward, you say? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, well, uh, making ice cream does not take me up any courage. Points. Yeah, it does. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm a very brave man. I've been yes, ice cream you are. Three times. Amazing. Uh, Louise writes. Despite the wild fluctuations in quality from season to season, show to show, and even from sketch to sketch, my favorite comedy ensemble has been uh, various iterations of the SNL cast. Interesting. Uh, but that's uh, only counting the topical satire, parodies, weekend update, and pre-recorded shorts. Uh, while there have been reoccurring original sketches I've liked, I find a large percentage of the one-off sketches don't have the payoff or much point to them. Hmm. I used to look forward to... Uh, going uh, tent uh, trailering with my family at a private campground that had a heated indoor pool. Nice. Mm. Restrooms with flush toilets. Ooh. <laughs> and hot, hot and cold running water. Nice. Uh, pitch and putt golf course. Bingo nights. Bingo. And softball games. It's out of here. Uh, the kind where your own coach pitches you so it's easy to hit the ball. Yeah. It was next to a trout farm where you could catch your own dinner. You paid by the inch. <laughs> <laughs> make up your own joke uh and it was a pleasant walk uh through the woods to a general store if you ran out of hot dogs or honeycomb cereal well you could always go to the honeycomb hideout mm-hmm. uh <laughs> you also pay by the inch at the honeycomb hideout wow uh i, no wonder I got it for free <laughs> big yeah 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 it's not small no 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 uh, I have good memories of camping at provincial parks, too, except for the outhouses that were all abuzz with flying insects. But, oh, that heated pool. Very nice. Uh, I had a nice swim at a heated pool uh, yesterday. The uh, heated pool in our neighborhood. The mm. new Brighton pool is open. Oh, yeah, yeah. I went uh, I went down to the park just to do a little bit of writing and saw uh, some guys throwing chlorine in the pool. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> we're opening in two days. Two days! It's like amazing. Extra, extra. I gotta come and swim, and I have been, and I've really enjoyed it. And usually, I'm one of like mm, three people in the pool. Yeah, so got the whole pool to myself. Pretty great. Except that is when, nice. That is. Want to nice. bring my wife or uh, go with my uh, sister-in-law, and then I go like, I rented the whole pool for us. <laughs> Be like a big shot. Does it get busier as the as the summer wins wins its way? Uh, I would assume so. Yes. Okay. I think people just don't know that the pool's open now mm-hmm. because it's spring. It's yeah, not yeah. summer yet. No, it's not. Uh, but uh, it's heated, so who sure, cares? Sure. Yeah. Until you get out. Until you get out. No oh, boy, you're cold. <laughs> but like, then there's the uh, the showers there, which sure, are hot. Sure. And then you run into the change room and you change. Yeah. 
Don't run the deck, please. And again, no uh, running on the deck. I got a lot of uh, Finnish relatives, and so they're all about the oh, you just go in the sun and get hot, and then you go in the cold water, and then you go back to the this, and, and that's how they sound like. That's a Finnish accent. <laughs> uh, so they I, can't complain. about I'm that. actually a living example of that you shouldn't run on the deck because when I was a kid, I got into the change room and realized I'd forgotten my towel out on the deck. Okay. And so I ran out of the change room onto the deck, and I slipped and fell. Oh dear. On the cement. And then, of course, I just shamefully, like, got my towel and ran back in so that no one would see me or anything. And I got inside and my whole side was all all scratched up oh, and bleeding. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I was so embarrassed I didn't feel it because the adrenaline right. was just like. Pfft. Well, I better have a shower. Ah! <laughs> Edward Dragansky writes, mm-hmm. like I told Billy above. Or, hey, remember that when he was talking to Billy? Yeah, I remember when he was talking to Billy. Uh, and, and you both know this. The, the Marx Brothers uh, Full Marx podcast was my gateway drug to Sneaky Dragon. <laughs> I'd lose my seat at the Fredonia High Council if I didn't claim the brothers as my favorite comedy team. Yeah, makes no sense. No one comes close to their brand of chaotic humor. I still laugh when I watch them, and I still find new material and media uh, to fuel my Marx Brothers obsession uh, daily. If you told me 30 years ago uh, that this would be uh, there'd be this interactive thing called the Internet, that would connect me with all my fellow uh, Marx fans around the globe, I probably would have said, that's a bunch of monkey business. <laughs> I would have said, a bunch of horse feathers. And I would have said, it's no duck soup, I'm telling you the truth. Why a duck? Uh, <laughs> when we first moved to Texas from Chicago, I was five. So for the first uh, few years, we headed back to Chicago uh, for two weeks during the summer. Uh, then it was every other year until we just visited on special occasions. Mm. The entire family was in Chicago, uh, so there was plenty to do. I just have fun saying that. And it was the only time I got to see my grandparents until they visited Texas, which was rare. Mm. Uh, the trip to the Windy City wasn't bo- boring. We'd stop at various places each time to make the 1,000 miles interesting. I remember places uh, along the way like uh, Branson, Missouri, Little Rock, Arkansas, Memphis, Tennessee to see Graceland. And sure. Eureka Springs, uh, which looked like the Shire with its dwellings built into the winding mountainsides. That sounds great. I can remember the first time we ever saw a water slide park. We were in Arkansas <laughs> and stopped at this massive water slide park built into the side of a mountain. Uh, Dad stopped out of curiosity and we spent the afternoon going up and down slides for hours. It was like nothing we'd ever seen. On one occasion, we stopped in Springfield, Illinois to see all the Abraham Lincoln signs and memorials. We used to joke that Dad probably wore a path in the roads from all the trips we made (laughs) and from Dallas and Chicago, but Dad uh, did make it fun along the way. The only other uh, family trip uh, we made was to Vicksburg, Mississippi, and on to Florida to see my mom's godmother in St. Augustine, Augustine, uh, the oldest city in the United States. We then went uh, south to Disney World, and then back through Louisiana with a stop at New Orleans. Uh, we found out pretty quick that New Orleans isn't very kid-friendly with <laughs> all those voodoo shops and strip joints in the French Quarter. But it's funny how indelible those memories are from that trip. Wow. If you're in the mood to meet both the Bionic Man and Bionic Woman, Lee Majors and Lindsay Wagner are scheduled to appear here in July. I can hear the theme song in my head already. Which one? There are two different theme songs. Um, as for, and also, The Bionic Man, you put that as in capitals. That is not the name of the show, sir. It is The Six Million Dollar Man. Yeah. Or if you're going with the original title of the novel, Cyborg. Okay. That's true. I, uh, I, as for Song of the South, right. I can remember Japanese import laser discs available at some of the collector shops. They were pricey even by today's prices. 
This was probably in the mid to late 90s, hmm. along with all the other imported laser discs. Recently, though, on Facebook, I saw these huge Blu-ray DVD collections for Disney, Marvel, Pixar, etc. They were obviously bootlegs. You could tell by the packaging and the way the site looked. The Disney set had Song of the South included with all the other Disney classics, packaged into one big, thick, clamshell case. <laughs> I tried to find these guys for a link, but I'm guessing the authorities ran them off by now. Have a splendid weekend and an even better week ahead. Uh, I remember uh, at conventions, you could always get Song of the South. That yeah, as a... Because I guess because it was, was like next you to couldn't find it. Of science, sure. The magician, just and one of those things that you couldn't find. You know why? Uh, you know why? Tech, why people from Chicago go down to Texas, right? Why is that, Dave? The barbecues. Laurel Robertson rides. <laughs> By the way, that was good. Laurel Robertson rides. <laughs> Hello, all. Hey, again, good for good for Laura, including everybody. Uh, from there to here, from here to there. Funny things are everywhere. <laughs> Dr. Seuss. Uh, certainly this was true. Uh, episode uh, 546. And I laughed and laughed and I still am laughing whenever I think of a couple of lines. David, what dog? what dogs need is a bionic brain. <laughs> I laughed and nodded at my own two pups. <laughs> Ian, his name was changed to Jonathan Rice Krispies from Jonathan Corn Pops at Ellis Island. <laughs> that was a good joke. Loved it so much. And they gave him a different prize. Um, uh, a couple more things before I get into some uh, cues of the week. David, you mm-hmm. talked about seeing uh, Nate uh, Barsgate. Marsgassy. Nate Bargatze. Nate Bargatze. I think he's very funny and has two specials of his own on Netflix. Both are great. He's also been doing a podcast with uh, two friend comics. I listen to it occasionally. It's okay, but not as good as his specials and certainly cannot measure up to Sneaky Dragon. Oh, what could? Oh, well, I tell you. (laughs) Oh, my, sir. Also, grandson and I went to see the latest Doctor Strange last week. Mm -hmm. I hadn't mind your review, Ian. I'm so sorry. Uh, Episode 545, and I agree it was kind of a mess. But it was still delightful to watch, as my grandson said after. Those CGI guys must have had a blast doing it. Yeah. Can you believe, in this crazy world, they cross on red? <laughs> what is this, some kind of multiverse of madness? <laughs> I'd like some pizza, please. Here it is. But this is a ball. Yeah, okay. Anyway. That's pretty good. They, you know what? They got to make pizza balls. Marvel has to make some pizza balls sure. now. I just like the idea that pizza occurs in all all dimensions. Yes. Who knew? Yep. I do like that. I do, I also like uh, I like the idea that the first thing you should do when you get to another dimension is like find something to eat. Yeah, that's a good. That's idea. real nice. That, that's that's kind of practical. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I was going to say it's very Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. And it, to the point where hydrate, have a towel. To the point where I really do wish they had done something with that later, where they go to another like world. And just like, ah, oh, you can get something to eat, right? That's a problem. <laughs> Especially if you have like, uh, let's just say there's a zombie uh, version of someone in there. Yeah. Maybe you go to the other world, get a little something to eat. You're a zombie. You get something to eat. <laughs> anyway, uh, last year, one of my sisters actually found on eBay and sent me a copy of Song of the South. She had procured a copy for herself and her grandkids. As children, we loved the movie and, uh, and the musical from it uh, with our mom on the piano. Uh, but sister wanted uh, my opinion on looking at it now about the social and racial implications. Honestly, I love Uncle Remus himself, but it was really hard to watch. She and I had to agree it's not a movie for these times. If anyone wanted this copy, I will send it. 
<laughs> when you asked for a favorite comedy team, immediately Monty Python came to mind. So I guess there are a fave, but I'm also crazy about the Smothers Brothers, the Marx Brothers, and Stiller and Mira also. Oh, that's a nice one. I like Stiller and Mira a lot. Uh, also, Billy reminded me of Martin and Lewis, who were so good together. Uh, and some of those SNL years, as Louise mentioned, love them all. We do not do regular anything for summers when, uh, we did not do anything regular for summers when I was growing up. With my own kiddos when they were still at home, we used to take a two week road trip somewhere new every year. Oh, that sounds fun. That sounds a lot of fun. Yeah. I've sent in my question list, folks, and I'm feeling pretty good <laughs> about my chances on the 550th episode. Love to all. And, uh, Billy says, ah, Monty Python. I do believe they probably tie for second place with Martin and Lewis. Billy, what did you think of the film, The Maltese Bippy? Uh, when I was a kid, I, um, I was a big Martin and Lewis fan. And my I think mem- you're thinking of ruining Martin. Oh, for fuck's sake. What am I talking about? <laughs> Forget it. Forget everything I said. Forget everything I said. I feel quite the fool. What do you David, think of artisan models? Let's uh, the, uh, let's clear that palette and uh, and uh, did anyone write us via the email? They they did write us via email, and L- Laurel mentioned that she wrote. But I'm not going to read Laurel's because that is for our 550th episode. But let me just go down a bit. Please do. We did hear from our friend Josh Chambers, who wrote to us from the town. Her, his town has an interesting name. It is. It is called, you ready yeah. for this? Cutstown. Oh. Cutstown in Pennsylvania. So he also sent in some questions, but I'm not going to tell you the questions. I'm going to read his thoughts and answers to our questions. He says, hello, David and Ian. Happy soon-to-be 550 shows and long time, no message. As a high school English teacher, I am thankfully entering that phase of the year where I have time to listen to Sneaky Dragon on a more regular basis usually as I mow the lawn and tend to the gardens. I have missed the fun of your chats, and I'm happy to be back, if only temporarily for the summer. Well, welcome back, Josh. As far as memories of those warm weather months with my folks, we had quite an interesting recurring arrangement. Beginning in 1964, until we went belly up in 2007, our family business was a campground in rural Pennsylvania, founded by my grandparents. Sorry. I'm just going to take all the glasses. I always have this problem. And again, Dave, you're beautiful. Thank you. Founded by my grandparents, Brandywine Meadows, sounds so nice. Brandywine Meadows, situated on the banks of the Brandywine River, of course, was a 200-site resort, complete with pool, general store, miniature golf, fishing pond, arcade, and recreation building. All summer long, we would welcome seasonal and transient campers from literally the entire country. Daily... We would have kids splashing in the pool, and when the sun went down, dozens of campfires lit up the evenings. Saturday nights meant bingo, sometimes called by a squeaky adolescent me. And Sunday mornings were reserved for the old codgers to come by the store for their newspapers, bottomless coffee, and general state-of-the-world chats with my dad. I was more than eager to work for the business, and the year I turned eight years old, I was officially hired to work in the store, mostly to sell penny candy and Hershey bars for a mm. dollar an hour. Under the table, of course. Wow, you could get a hundred candies. <laughs> that kind of money. Little did I know that I wouldn't really have a summer off until I was nearly 30. From 1986 until we shuttered the biz, 
I was on call at the general store, was needed for all matters of outdoor maintenance, found myself working shifts at the registration desk, taking care of pool filter cleaning, emergency water line repairs, and the odd quarter jam in the coin-operated shower mechanisms, among many other tasks. When I would return to school in the fall, I would hear tales of grand summer vacations from my friends, but it really didn't faze me. I was acquiring both the soft skills and the hands-on experiences that would help me through life. The earnings I put in the bank were matched by my father through savings bond purchases, so I was able to walk away from college with zero debt, something I hope I can do for my own son. To this day, I look back on this major chapter in my life fondly, though while I may have grumbled a bit when a classmate bragged about their return trips to Disney World, I knew I was getting something richer. Of course, now in my 40s, other than some additional graduate work and Cub Scouts with my son, I covet my summers off as true rest and mind-mending time, getting to experience the breaks I couldn't as a mere boy and beardless youth. He says, uh, thanks again. Congratulations on another landmark in sneaky history, Josh Chambers. Woo! Can I tell you what he does at his school? Yeah. He is the language arts 12 and film instructor. He is the Leo Club advisor. Nice. He is the poetry club advisor. Okay. He's the Cougar Media Advisor. Oh, I see. So he talks to the older ladies and he talks to <laughs> the people who are the sign of the league. That's right. I don't think it's the school or the cuts down Cougars. Okay. Uh, he is the SADD Advisor. Oh, I'm sorry. so sad. He is the Cuts Down Drama Club Advisor. Oh, okay. That's good. And he's also the Student Assistance Team Member. Well, one of them anyway. Quite a, quite a uh, bit on your plate there, Josh. No wonder you don't mm-hmm. have time to listen to our dumb ramblings. Um, you know, Louise also wrote... An email she wrote to the uh, webpage, but she also wrote to sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Twice as much Louise is better than half as much Louise. Thank you for the, the Louise jingle. I think the name of that movie theater you were trying to remember, trying is the word, Louise. Oh, well, this is in, uh, was this in on the podcast or in real life? This was about on the podcast that we were talking about this movie theater. There we go. Okay, I'm confusing real life with the That's fine. Don't, don't, never confuse real life with a podcast. All right. I think the name of that movie theater you were trying to remember was the Vancouver Center Cinemas. Ah. It had two screens, and you took an escalator up yes. from street level to get to it. Cinematreasures.org yes. says it opened in 1977 and closed in 2002. Mm-hmm. And then she includes a newspaper ad for it that someone posted to the website. It features a feature you may have heard of. And when I clicked on it, it was Raiders of the Lost Ark, which at that time, was playing in a grand total of two cinemas in town. It was playing at Vancouver Centre. You could see it at 2.30, okay. 4.25, 7, and it looks like 8.30, but it must be 9.30. I can't... How long was that movie? Mm. And then it was also playing where I saw it at Lougheed Mall. You can see it at 7, which is when I saw it, okay. and 9.30. All right. Or Monday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday again... Sorry, matinees, sorry, matinees, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday at 2 p.m. But I saw the 7 o'clock show with my friend who had already seen it, but insisted that I see it because it was so good. And you know what? He was right. Nice. So thank you for that, Louise. We were trying to remember that cinema. That was the heading, was that cinema. Do you have a question for next week? Just one second. I'm not done. Oh, my God. You said Louise. I thought, jeez. I'm not done yet, sir. Okay, go ahead. Uh, We've got. How much more? How many things? We got a letter. This is the last one. This is a letter from John. Oh, no, I'm disappointed it's the last one. <laughs> John writes and says, Dear gentlemen. Hey, uh, shows hope, what he knows. Yeah. I hope you are well. Okay. I am well. 
I hope that your wives are well. Wait a minute. I hope that your families are well. Hold it. I hope that your pets are well. What's going on? I hope all sneakers are well. What's happening? And now no more for lack of time. Your loving listener, John. P.S. Favorite comedy group? Python, no question. Family summer activity? Cannibalism. What? Just seeing if you were paying attention, actually. I was. We usually went to the beach. Thank you, John. There we go. John's busy right now because, you know what? It's probably the end of term, getting into going into summertime. A lot of marking, a lot of essays to, yeah. to do, a lot of testing to to uh, to do on, with the children. So, or the, the not children, but, but the, I appreciate the young his people. Well wishing. Yes, he wishes us all well. By the way, Dave, I've been Thank trying this new uh, pasta that was invented by the Sporkful. Invented by the Sporkful? Yeah, you're familiar with the Sporkful. I'm not familiar with the Sporkful, and I don't know if we should be encouraging it's the use a of podcast. sporks, but okay. It is a video channel. It's okay. many things. Anyway, a guy uh, created a new type of pasta. Yeah. Uh, that's a shape that grabs the sauce better. Oh. And uh, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm going to give Louise yeah. a box of it. We'll see what she thinks. Okay. But I'm not going to give is, her two boxes, even though she wrote twice. What is the shape? Uh, it's all, it's like a curved shape. I will show it to you afterwards. It's a little hard to describe. Okay. Okay. But uh, Does it look like it. one of those Jialai things that you throw, you know, those kind of... A little of bit. Scoops? A little bit. Like a it's scoop? got ridges, though, on it as well. Or is it high alloy? I'm sorry if I. It's it okay. We all like living the high life. Um, now here's uh, my question for next week. Okay. Picture this. Picture this. You're a young teenager. Okay. It's you. Picture yourself. Yeah. You got a some money. A lot of acne. You got some money in your pocket. Now this could be. Huh? Why did you do a paper? You route? had a job. Okay. Yeah. And you got route. some money in your pocket. Okay. And uh, or it's an allowance. Could be either. Okay. Well, that's kind of what happened. I did a paper route. Yeah. I had to give the money to my mom, and I got back some of it in the form of an allowance. Excellent. The rest was used to buy me clothing. Very good. I think you should be able to keep it all. Okay. <laughs> me too, quite frankly. Yeah. So, you, all right. So, you got money in your pocket. You're a young teenager. I learned a valuable lesson, though. What's don't, that? Don't give your money to your mom and dad. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to take out uh, the idea of, like, put it in the bank. You're not saving this. Okay. You're spending. This is fun money. It's fun money. You going out? Yeah. What do you spend it on? Oh, that's a good You're a question. teenager. What are you spending your fun money on? Yeah, yeah. Let me know. Let okay. Ian know. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, not food. Okay. Not food. Um, my question. My question to you. Yes. My question is... Oh, I don't have any questions. Questionable. Huey, Dewey, or Louie? Who's your favorite? <laughs> and why? Yes, <laughs> and why? Who are they? Yeah. Why did so many cartoon characters have nephews back then and nieces? Woody Woodpecker did. Mickey Mouse did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Donald Duck did. No one's got kids except for Goofy, who admits that but his son is his son. I think that was only in the TV show, though. I don't think as a character in the comics he had he had a son, did he? Why are we talking Goofy in the comics? Yeah. Uh, how about Goofy as uh, as George Geef? Was he a dad? I think he was. Yeah, I, he had a wife. I don't remember him having kids, but he must have. Probably. Yeah. But, I mean, that's him acting, though. He's just an actor as George Geef. Well, listen. He's playing we, the character George Geef. This is a question This is a question for another time. And you know what? I heard that he wasn't the original choice to play George, George Geef. Oh, who was the original Geef? Horace Horace Scholar. Wow. But Horace Horace Scholar, of course, <laughs> went through a lot of scandal he did. with Clarabelle Cow. He did end up, yes, there was a lot of miscanagation uh, accusations that were thrown around at that time. And I think that's unfair. I mean, we've come a long way as a society. Right. And we're okay with horses and cows getting it on. Yeah. 
Also, you know, yeah. uh, of course, we all know heroin was named after him, and that's why it's called horse. <laughs> horse. Because he, he invented heroin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we still haven't uh, got a question from me. Nope. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Maybe think. a question about Belgium. <laughs> Belgium. Um, okay. Here's my question. All right. Here's my question. Please. It's a, it's a kind of multiple choice question. Oh, okay. If you visited France... And wore no pants. <laughs> You'd fit right in. If you visited France, what what would you want to visit? The art galleries, the restaurants, or go to the beach? What would you like? What would be your interest in France? Okay. Is that a good question? Sure. All right. Here's a question I have. Yeah. Uh, what do they call French kissing before France was invented? Uh, English tongue. Ooh. <laughs> I didn't... Wrap it up, Dedrick. <laughs> Bring her home. Oh, before we wrap it up, I just want to mention one one more thing. Mention one thing and then wrap I've it up. I've been watching a, a... We were watching. I think we're done now. We were watching a fun show on Netflix. Tell me what it is. It was a show called Love on the Spectrum. Okay. Which started in Australia. That's where I originally saw it was Australian people. But now they have... They did it in America. Uh, it's about autistic people who are going... Looking for a partner. Right. Like dating or whatever. And it's done in a very endearing way and in no way judges them and it never makes fun of them it's very supportive of them and it's and it's it's a lot of fun it's very it's a very kind of touching very show yeah a very empathetic show and it's and um i i enjoyed it quite a bit and so i recommend it if you've never seen it it's uh nice to watch the sort of show that you're watching and you're like is it possible there's people who would watch this and make fun of it no i cannot think that low of humanity which is a you know they never surprise you about how low they'll go. There's a lot of uh, a lot of Rain Man jokes in the world. I, I guess think. there are, but th- I mean those are old, right? Sure. Those are old jokes. We're past that now. We get it. Also, Ray, uh, that was a, a guy playing somebody, mm-hmm. so it wasn't uh, an actual actor yeah, who had autism. Yeah. No, these are actual people. These are actual people who have autism and uh, at well, various various degrees. Right. So you were uh, we we had kind of a, a a light discussion about this at the at the con. Uh, ab- about uh, about this, and uh, you were wishing uh, that that life was easier for them, uh, where they uh, would not have autism. Were, were, were you wishing that for them, or yeah, I think that yeah. would make their lives more more easy. But they all do well, yeah, as much as you can. Like I say, some are more severe than others, right? You know, but all it's a struggle for all of them. No, it's, the only reason I bring that up is because I've heard the argument uh, over the last little while of. It is what makes you you. And I know it feels like it stops you from communicating in many ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it also, to not to not have it would take away the world. It would take away the viewpoint that they have. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, I suspect I, I have mean, it, it something mild yeah. in that. And I'm somewhere on the sure, spectrum. Sure, I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah. You know, I have trouble reading social signals. And, and so it's, it is the thing of like, would I like to be able to communicate mm-hmm. better with people, but I don't have the hyper-focus <laughs> to do the creative things that I like sure, to do? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a trade-off, obviously, but... Yeah. And it's interesting, because since I've had my fall, I don't have the hyper-focus as much mm. for long periods of time. Okay. So, But I used to, for sure, have like very long periods of time where I could just sit and just focus on something mm-hmm. uh, and and work on it and tweak it and yeah. and what and what have you. Yeah. Uh but yeah, it was very difficult to like use a phone. 
mm-hmm. or whatever. I haven't watched the show just because I think it would hit me too deeply, but I will mm. uh, I will check it out. Maybe give point. one episode a try to, just okay. to see a little bit of so it. So is it's, there a British version and an American uh, version? There's an Australian version. Okay. That was the original version. And now that that the, the producer director of that show has taken the idea to I guess Netflix maybe suggested they do an American version just okay. because then people will watch it because no one, no American wants to watch something that they're not in. That's just a fact about America. Okay. That's why, why is Downton Abbey so popular in America? Because it features an American wife mm. as part of the family. So then they're like, oh, well, if Americans are part of the aristocracy, of course we're interested in this. You know, Julian Fellow is smart, smart fellow. <laughs> That's what I'll say. But yeah, no, it's Look a, it's that. a, another name you remembered. Good it's for a, you. It's a well, it's a, it's a show well worth, uh, well, well worth watching. And, uh, I just, the guardian says, uh, shows a compassionate human celebration of uh difference and of love. Yeah. So four out of five stars. Yeah. I, I mean, in, like, yeah. I mean, who you are is a combination of what you've struggled with in your life and, and your successes, you know, and, and to never struggle is, I don't think to be a complete person. And so that's part of their lives and part of who they are. And, right. you know, I think, you know, I don't want to take away who they are from themselves. And that that's part of who they are. You know, I'm sure when their parents first learned that their ch- children were autistic, they weren't, they weren't jumping up and down in glee. Yeah. You know, it, it's obviously a struggle for them and a, and a long-term and a long-term responsibility. I think of all of them, there was one, only one of them lived, no, two of them lived, um, lived, you know, away from their parents. And I think the one did because his parents had passed away. Right. You know, and he's, he had like a caretaker that came in and helped him. He called it, she called, he called her his personal assistant, but same thing to someone who's right. there to help you get through the day. And it's interesting when you're watching them talk, like there's a couple of different moments in the show where they did uh, speed dating. Okay. With people who weren't autistic. Okay. And you could see them like, they have, a, they have a set conversation in their mind that they're going to do. Yeah. And when that runs out, so do they. they there's nothing. Oh, interesting. They can't, they can't like spontaneously continue a conversation, you know? So there's a lot of these sort of very awkward pauses where people are kind of staring at each other, nodding like, mm-hmm, we've reached the end of this thing. Hopefully the bell dings soon to stop this from happening. But in other ways, they're, they're very good. You know, it's just, you know, I think it's just, I mean, it happens to all of us, of course. There's times where we can't think of things to say. Yeah. We don't have that problem, obviously. That's why the show is already stretching into the three hours, but uh, this, so it's you know, but yeah, it's in, it's very it's very eye opening as well to like what what it all what 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 it can involve. I think a big part of it, uh, sorry, with what we're doing here though, mm-hmm. is like I think we've both made the choice to be uh, very active listeners. Yeah, yes. Whereas a lot of times you will just let a person finish what they say, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And you will not go, okay, I got a follow-up question. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah. we almost always have a follow-up question. Yeah. That's true. But I do in my general life as well. Like when people talk to me, they get, they get me. Yeah. They get me, my full attention. And I'm actively into that, what they're talking about and, and engaging in it. For the most part, there are some people I talk to that I do not actively engage with too much. I kind of perch above them and judge them like a, like a, buzzard in a tree well if you want we could always like end this with an awkward pause 